Welcome to the GCW Plants Podcast, episode 45. John Wolf, how are you doing tonight, John? Doing good. I'm ready to talk about some Bama action, man. How are you doing tonight? Doing good. As you said, we had some technical difficulties getting it started. So if I did sound, if I sound a little different now, I am uh, on a different computer at the moment and I'll get all this stuff situated to get back onto my uh, setup and hopefully sound a lot better than what I do now. Uh, tonight's show, GCW, take a picture from Huntsville, Alabama at the Vaughn Baron Center. Ooh, the Vaughn Bronze. Braun Center. Sorry, I can't. Yeah, yeah. This is a new place, Huntsville. First time. Yeah, and it kind of like at first, other than the curtains, it kind of reminded me of like the old Vegas where they used to have the walls and stuff like that, like in a conference room. That's kind of how it's set up. Yep. But in Vegas, they didn't have like the curtains like in the background. They just had like one kind of curtain that kind of tailed off on the entrance and stuff like that. But that was my first immediate thought when I first saw it. I'm like, oh, this is like one of the conference centers out here in Vegas that they used to run. So uh then they looked like there was a lot of people there too. Yeah. Uh I was like kind of shocked on the on the turnout as well because um, I don't know if it, that's not the first time they've been to Alabama, I don't think, but um, that venue holds quite a bit of people. And like, I was, yeah. I, I was just shocked to kind of see, cause it, at first it, it kind of looked like as many people as like I had at the NGI too. And they said that was like the most people they had live for a long time. Or I think they said that was the most people they had ever for the NGI tournament. And then just based off the look here, it kind of looked like almost a similar look from the front. So I wonder how many people they did get to show up to this event because it was, as you said, a uh, very good turnout. Well, I had a feeling it was going to be like a no blood or blood only in the ring kind of show. The reason why was I was seeing that the floor was carpeted and it's a real pain in the ass to clean off of there. And if somebody starts bleeding, it's really hard to find every little drop if it happens. So I I was actually dead on on this one. It, it was no blood, no injuries, luckily. So it was um, God, this was just a different night. It started with that salute to Jay. So, I mean, everything was just different than a uh, an average GCW show. Yeah. And uh, not to step away from the Jay one, but did you notice the other uh, piece that they added that was brand new on the ring apron? Oh, the uh, the, the ring skirt. Yeah, they had a new oh, ring skirt. skirt. Yep. It looks fucking awesome. It looks really good. A hundred percent. It just like everything else. It really brings up the bottom line in the company. It looks really good. Yeah, I liked how it looked. And I also um, uh, I really do like when they have the GCW turnbuckle pads as well. And I know at some venues, especially like in L.A., they will actually put that pad <laughs> over whatever pad is on there. Yeah. So it kind of looks like a double pad. But um, I do like that they add and uh, seem to upgrade their presentation with that skirt. I really liked it. It got a lot of people talking online as well. Yeah, and I'm a big fan of having those pads at every single show because they look so damn good. Yeah, so uh, as we kind of you kind of made mention to, they did start off the show once again with another uh, J tribute, except this time they did have the video. I don't think they had the video on the other one. I couldn't remember, um, but I really did enjoy that video. I think it was like perfect for the, kind of the situation, even though it was a day later than the original, the first show. Um, I, I was actually kind of surprised they did another tribute, to be honest, because usually they don't do more than one. They'll just do the one and then that's it. But I think because this was so like what, two or three days, I think before this. So, so it happened on Tuesday, I believe. And um, they had this show. So I, I was just kind of shocked they went to it again, because as you said, they kind of had a hard time recovering after the first one. Uh, the first show after the first kind of tribute. Yeah, exactly. The fans seem out of it. But um, I don't mind seeing it because I like I am always 
anytime they can show Jay tribute now, I'm all for it. Um, I have an idea about that. Do you want to kind of hear what I think? Let's hear it. Okay, so he passed away, unfortunately, and there was a show that was just coming up. I think they had to acknowledge that, given that he was a co-worker and somebody. And I think this second one may have been because they finally put a video package together. You know what I'm thinking? Yep. Maybe, the, you know what I mean? They're going, okay, now that we've had a chance to breathe and get a good tribute together, let's show that off to the people. I'm thinking maybe that that would be why it seems to make sense to me. Yeah, that makes complete sense to me as well. And like I said, I really like the video package. I don't know who did it, but it was it was good. I I enjoyed it. They kind of did hit me a little bit more than uh, the night prior. And actually, when I was watching like the Ring of Honor show too, or that's the Ring of Honor show, the AEW show, like I they barely acknowledged it. And that was it. But seeing this kind of tribute video did uh, hit home a little bit more than I expected as well. Yeah, that ten bell salute. We had the man up chants, which I thought were absolutely fantastic, and then. Something that I think helped in this show that wasn't there in the show before was that Nick Gage had come out and he promised 110% from all the wrestlers that night in remembrance of Jay. So I think that helped pick up the crowd too, because it wasn't just boom, we're going to put on a show. It was more like we're in this together. We're here to put on a fantastic show. And tonight it's in remembrance of a fantastic gentleman. And I think it all went off really well. Yeah, I liked it. You even saw Nick Gage try to kind of clean it up a little bit as well compared to the first night. He he was kind of he seemed more prepared than he was the first night, and he gave once again a nice statement on his friend Jay Briscoe. And um, I did like seeing it again. It just caught me off guard, but um, I think it was way better done this night than it was the night prior. And so after we have all that, it really just pops off with a bang. Right off the bat, boom, eight men jump in the ring, and that's where we start. Yeah, the, the, I liked how, too, that it's kind of hopped right in. I'm glad, kind of glad they didn't do the entrances, because especially with the eight-way, eight-person scramble, that would have been right. a long time on this show, especially right after that tribute. So I did like how they just kind of hopped right in and everything. Um, and, yeah, this was a uh, another scramble that I thought was a little bit – had a little bit more energy behind it because, as you said, the way they did the 10-bell salute and everything, the fans – uh, seemed to get back into the show right after the tribute and stuff like that. And um, yeah, the scramble was a fun scramble with the the different competitors who we have. We had um, Hunter Drake, Brandon Williams, Bro- uh, Brogan Finley, uh, Donnie Primetime. Was that Johnny Janella? Yeah, Johnny Janella, <laughs> uh, Jimmy Lloyd, Marcus Mather, Terry Aki, and Yoya. And yeah, that was, I like how it was young talent mixed in with a little bit of Jimmy Lloyd and Marcus Mathers. They felt like it was one of these scrambles to get the other six people more over than necessarily to help put Jimmy over or Marcus Mathers, even Yoya. But Yoya kind of had his spots during this where I think it helped him out because he's kind of been on a little bit slower trajectories ever since like the GCW settlement series. I thought they were kind of going to do something more with him and Mason. And as often as they were using Yoya, um, I thought that would lead to something. But I enjoyed this scramble. It was it had its high high pace as well. And the crazy teriyaki is just every time I see him, like it was a little improvement here during this match. We got to see a couple new wrinkles on some of the moves that he's done or attempted, but never uh actually completed um executing the move, whether it got reversed or countered. So seeing him kind of do some moves that he teased before, but never really uh connected with it was kind of nice seeing the wrinkle in his system and uh, Hunter Drake and Marcus Mathers with the top rope um, or the coast to coast uh, 
drop kicks after a super a double superplex. Like it was a crazy open. Like first couple of minutes were crazy. It was just all over the place. So what was your thoughts on this match? <laughs> I was laughing about uh, Brandon coming out and he puts an ankle lock on Donnie Primetime. You see Mathers go over there, tries to fucking kick him. He gets wrapped up. Now we have doubles. Then Terry goes over. He gets freaking caught. There's three. Yo-Yo gets in and he gets caught. So we've got four men in a succession of ankle locks. It was different. It was unique. And it was a hell of a lot of fun. A great start to that match. Also, you were talking about Terry. He had a fantastic spot where he hit a spinning sit-down powerbomb that if you have a chance, check it out. Because, again, these young kids out here, the next generation, look absolutely fantastic. And they're piecing moves together that we didn't think about in our generation. Um, let's just say our generation being 20 years ago or 10 years ago. Just what has what has come to the forefront when it comes to exciting moves is way different than it was 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago. And again, yeah, Yoya, Teriyaki, I'll tell you what, the oldest person in this match was Donnie Primetime at 32. <laughs> I believe the next one after that would be Jimmy Lloyd at 24 right now. <laughs> this is a very young match, completely young people. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Like I totally forgot about that uh, Brandon Williams spot at the beginning. I, I liked how they all just looked at him, and I got he got them uh, all in the different ankle locks. That was a, that was a fun little spot at the beginning of the match as well. And then I don't know if you're noticing, but people fucking hate Donnie Primetime. Like he gets tremendous heat when he wants to, and I think GCW needs to play into that a little more because they just love to hate him, and I don't know why exactly. Yeah, I don't know why either. I first noticed it when I went to the the backyard show and he came out and they were pretty much booing the shit out of him then. And I didn't, I, I mean, I kind of understood it that day because he was going against Joey Janela, but um, I was really surprised that as bad as the booze were, he got the same amount of booze at this place. So I, I wonder, I don't know too much of new Southwest. I was just telling you, I actually last night on um, was that the Plex, the Plex app, they have like a bunch, couple of free wrestling channels and uh, on the wrestling channel, they actually had a new self show. So I just like, oh, let me check it out and see if there's anyone I remember. And I watched one match and it was, uh, I saw Cabana Man Dan, but I didn't see, I forgot who he was going against, like a bigger competitor, but it was kind of nice seeing New South on their own. And now that I know that I can find him on Plex, I will probably go check him out more. Because I wonder what Donnie Janela, like, I don't know if he wrestles for New South even, but wherever his kind of home promotion is, I wonder what kind of reaction he gets there and what his character is. I really don't know much of him other than GCW. He reminds me of like a 70s rock star or maybe even like an 80s rock star that like it's over and the party is still in his head. Like the party has physically left. He's went home. And if there's one guy still left at the party, it's Donnie. He kind of has that gritty kind of look to him. I don't know a better way to put it. Um, that's that's what I want to touch on Donnie. But a lot of moves are being done by multiple men, given the fact that it was a scramble. And again, each performer was given ample time to kind of get their own stuff in. So there was one busy spot I wanted to mention here. And it's it's kind of a quick one, but okay. So teriyaki hits a moonsault. Then there's a senton from Donnie. Uh, Donnie, all the wrestlers then go into the ring. You get a double tower of doom, a double coast to coast by Mathers and Hunter Drake. Then they change fucking corners and perform double 450 splashes, which Hunter calls a purple haze. Then they hit double destroyers on Yoya and Jimmy. Then Mathers and Drake kick each other in the face and go down. So it was like. Mathers and Drake were on the same page for a succession of about 45 seconds and they go into the ring and just knock each other's lights out. And the whole thing 
looked absolutely fantastic. You know, Mathers had a flipping DDT and just everybody got their shit in and there was so much that looked fantastic. And I also wanted to say that Yoya was featured a lot more in this match tonight than he was in that last scramble. So that was also satisfying to see, you know, since Yoya is such a staple in scrambles. Yeah, that was the one thing I was going to like kind of piggyback on in my earlier statement, how they haven't used Yoya much a little bit lately. As this one, this match, we got to see, as you said, a lot more of them in the scramble than we did in uh, the previous night scramble. And uh, it was funny you said uh, you were saying what uh, Donnie primetime Donnie Janela looks like to you. I always just like every time I see him now, I think he reminds me of a character on um, Napoleon Dynamite, just like living in the past and kind of. Oh, like back in my day, I had the long hair and everything, and I'm still going to keep this going because that's what made me happy during that time. Stuff like that. So mm-hmm. uh, I had a little throwback with him as well. But I enjoyed this scramble, uh, especially being eight in person. We usually see six or maybe sometimes seven if a surprise happens. Not not an eight-man scramble. And I, I enjoyed it. I like how we had the young talent mixed in with the, well, I'm not going to call Jimmy Lloyd an older talent, but the more veteran talent, I guess. Right, right. But yeah, a good way to start off the night. I think the crowd was way more into it after the first match this night than it was the night prior. So I'll just kind of wrap this up right into the finish. There's that spot where Teriyaki hit that top rope bouncing DDT. That's the one that we really like to watch. He hits that on Drake. About 15 seconds later, we go right into the finish. Our winner ends up being Hunter Drake. He hit a top rope standing Spanish fly on Teriyaki. It looks absolutely fucking fantastic closed out the show less than nine minutes. And like I say, always with scrambles, so much fucking action in such a small amount of time. I loved it. Yeah. And I like how they had a hundred drink win actually, because it's kind of sets up uh, his match with Blake Christian as well. So um, I think the, we ask not, that's not major storytelling, but at least it kind of leads up and gives hundred drink a little bit more momentum going into his match with Blake Christian. And I enjoyed that part as well. I'm a big fan of all of them. They're just, they're good young kids. And uh, I think quite a few of them have a few, a couple, uh, some good blah. I think quite a few of them have some bright futures ahead of them, especially Brogan friendly. I see him going somewhere. It's just a matter of when I think that larger companies are letting him go out there and cut his teeth right now. Yeah. I, I can see a lot of, uh, in this talent, like a lot of great futures ahead. Like I kind of just always go teriyaki because I think he's, whenever it starts clicking for him, he's going to be good. He's going to be like, I, he kind of reminds me of a little bit like Leon Slater, but Leon Slater's like, in my opinion, a little bit uh, ahead of him based off of the move skills and how smooth he looks in the ring and kind of like looks ready for it. Or Teriyaki's still learning and everything. And I, I can't, I love watching the growth. Like even him going through it live and in front of us, growing in front of our eyes. I definitely enjoy watching him and all these matches and keep on improving. And then I think over at Wrestling Open, Marcus Mathers just completed one year. Um, He's fantastic. Another young talent that I'm really behind. I think he has a good look to him. He's damn good in the ring. And he's another one where um, he's just part of that young batch. There's so many that are in that age group. You know, the Hunter Drake, Brogan Finley. They're somewhere between like, I don't know, 20 and 24. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Like they all kind of have that same age. And it's like every now and then through history, you can see classes of wrestlers come up together and this seems like that's one of those classes it's like they're probably all going to rise together somewhat and um yeah i would put you know remember that picture that was the couch there it had i think it was yo-yo brogan billy nick wayne i don't know if you ever seen that picture it was a really cool little i think it was like most of the bsb people other than brogan unless he is one now i can't i don't know if he is 
part of that uh, group or not now. But yeah, I did see that picture. Just so much young talent, man. Yep. And and that's that's what we're seeing. So to me, when I look back on this 10 years from now, I'm going to notice that they were all kind of a little group together. And um, it's going to be really nice to see when they finally get fully uh, up and running to where they want to be in the next five, 10 years. I think they all have great futures ahead of them. Yep, I absolutely agree. And a uh, nice way to start off uh, GCW's Take a Picture opening match, eight-way scramble. And that will lead us into our second matchup of the evening as Blake Christian goes against Cabana Mandan. And as I said, that was the one character, one wrestler I saw on the New South show on Plex TV. So um, I, I was actually enjoyed. I enjoy watching Cabana Mandan. I like the stuff that he does with the flip flops and especially whenever he hits people with the flip flops, uh, the loud, uh, the loud slap it makes. It's always uh I, I do like this kind of character. It looks, it's out there. And I really like how he kind of plays into the whole character. And uh, we talk about characters. Blake Christian's fully diving into this heel character. And every single time I loved it, like he was way more cockier on this show than he's been on any of these other shows. And I am yeah. all for his cockiness. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and hit the, the big question up front. Did your mom ever beat your ass with a flip flop? So never beat my ass, but I got, uh, I got it thrown at me like once or twice. I remember luckily my grandma had bad aim and uh, always missed. Yeah. But I was a good kid, so I never got it. It's a satisfying slap. Like it's, it's <laughs> swag. It, it sounds worse than it really feels. I just know they make a loud noise when I'm clapping them uh, together, getting the dirt off after the beach and stuff like that. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. So I'm going to mention that real quick. This was my first time seeing Cabana Man Dan, and he had this shrunken head with him and his entrance and i was trying to figure out if it was a coconut or a shrunken head but it had a face on it prezak calls it a coconut i don't know I'll argue with prezak some other day i love the guy he hits the flip-flops together for noise and it's really smart because it really gets the crowd going because that slap is fucking loud it cracks hard but yeah I'm also i'm also noticing that there were dueling cmd all heart chants these fans want blake as a face or he's coming off as a face so i tried to look into this deeper I think initially when he comes out, his music is a, a face music. And for him to be a heel, he's going to have to make that transition somewhere. Uh, we'll get further into this, but I just wanted to kind of mention it up front that I think the music needs to change to um, to match who he's trying to portray. Because right now, it's it sounds like that young, hopeful upstart music that somebody who's a face would have. No, I agree. I, I yeah. ever every time I started watching Blake since I first started watching GCW, and I would hear his song. I always like. I always listen to it because I, I, I just said it gets. It's more upbeat. I like the pacing of it. it kind of feels like one of those like perfectly workout songs. I always enjoy it. But as you said, if I'm enjoying it, then that's gonna make me want to enjoy the character when that's not what he's going for right now. So yeah, I agree that a little change of music, maybe a little darker tone, would be a uh, more suitable for him at this moment. And also, it could be that we do have some fans that are more casual fans, so they may not have known that lately he's just changed over. But I will say by the end of this match, everyone in the crowd was quite quite clear about if they really liked him or not, because at the end of this match, Blake was getting booed like crazy. And I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I'm going to stick to what I said earlier. His actions in the ring are making him a better heel than him on a microphone. And as long as he stays to that, from what I'm seeing, he's going to be up there with Deppin and several others when it comes to heat. He doesn't have to look like he's enjoying himself. And when he doesn't look like he's enjoying himself and he's pissed off, it works really well. This crowd, he won over 
you know, via heel. Yeah. <laughs> You were spot on, just like how you said. It's the actions, and like I was saying, like his cockiness at the beginning when I think he slapped Cabana Man Dan and did the oh, oh what you gonna do, and then like ran out of the ring real fast as a heel. Like that's the kind of shit I love seeing him do because it is beneath him. I think he like just as on talent, he could do so much better. But I really like it. it's just the simple things like that that's gonna get him the heat that he wants, and he's gonna. I think he's gonna excel at this character. I just can't wait to see keep seeing it grow and grow and what other things each week he does to kind of keep on getting that heel heat. Because during this match, he started working like a body part, started working on Cabana Man's like mm-hmm. ankle and leg, and like that's something the heel does because it's a slower pace. It's not the high flying moves that everyone wants to cheer, and um, it kind of takes the crowd out of the match, which he wants to get the crowd the, the heat on him. And what better way to get the heat on him than not have the crowd give anything for the crowd to cheer for. So um, I am loving this match. I think Cabana Man Dan 2 is a perfect opponent because of his size. Blake was actually bigger than Cabana Dan. Actually, I think looked like he was quite bigger than him, which was kind of shocking because Blake isn't, oh. isn't as big as some of these other wrestlers, but that kind of made him look a little bit more menacing and, I, I enjoyed this match. I thought when especially when Commander Man Dan hit him with the it finally got to hit him with the uh sandal and how loud it popped it. I enjoyed it. Oh hell yeah. So I'm gonna go back to that stalling tactic that you had in the beginning there. About the first minute and a half of this match was pretty much him going in the ring, smacking him or hitting him, and then running out. It was like that, you know. I don't know what to call it, but basically he was pissing off the fans because he'd go in there, do one thing and run out. He looked like a wimp and that's what he was trying to do. I laughed because I understood what he was trying to do there, but the fans hated it. And sometimes that's what makes me laugh about it is that heel tactic worked and it looked really good. Um, Also, I do want to mention Blake was laying on the heel work really thick, like really heavy. And I'll, I'll say it again. It's working. DMD. Tons of chance for good old Cabana Man Dan. He is loved in Bama. No, no doubt. There's not going to be an argument there. There were dueling chants in the beginning. Those chants were over within the first three minutes of this match, honestly. Also, part of the heel work, Blake was mocking fans. I absolutely loved it. If he never talks again, it'll be perfectly fine. He will get over like crazy. Keep the mic away from him again. He just comes off very... I feel like I'm repeating myself, but he just comes off genuine and kind. And it's really hard to put someone like that on a microphone. But when you see him in the ring doing what he does, that is just some excellent work out there. Cabana was getting the shit kicked out of him a lot. I'd say that it was almost too much just to my liking. I would have liked to have seen Cabana get a little more offense in. But again, people aren't here to just make me happy and nobody knows, you know, it's just what it is. 30% of Cabana's moves to me were like unorthodox and I really liked it. That's right. Yeah. That's my next note here. I loved all his creative pins that he was doing. uh, When he was on offense, he got into some crazy pin pitting predicaments, but like he got there in a pretty creative way and it showed like, he knows what he's doing on the ground and the technical work in the mat mat game. I enjoyed seeing uh, how well he, his, Matt moves like translated to his character into everything that's going on um, during this match. I was also noticing that even though, you know, Blake was doing his heel work, there were still a small amount of the all heart chance. So I'm feeling that he probably has some really hardcore fans in there, no matter what. I've been one of those people that, you know, I'll cheer the heel if I love the heel more than the face. And that's just how it is because I'm a big fan of that wrestler. 
I also wanted to mention that Cabana sells really well. He came off really, really tough in this match because he had taken such an ass beating. Also, there was another spot in this one where Blake got the two on Cabana. He kind of had this look on him like, I missed the pin. I can't believe I didn't pin him. When that goes on, this is where I think Christian should kick into another gear. Heels, when they're pissed off, that's when they're fun to watch. And I think that would be a spot where, and, and also I think it looks good because people get to see that the heel will sometimes lose his shit. And I think that's satisfying for some fans that the heel, there's cracks appearing in the heels work. It's, it's just another dimension, but yeah, this is way more, this is way better work than the first attempt at heel Blake Christian around the Moxley times personally. Yeah. thousand percent. I, I am enjoying this run and yeah, even going against like local competitors like this, you can still see how easy he gets the crowd to go against him, even though he's the bigger name and more uh, wrestling when watching wrestling more friendly on the eyes and uh, more ground game because Blake Christian's so good in the ring. And um, did you see when you did throw the, the, the sandal, how you almost hit the guy just like randomly just walking there, minding his own business and like Blake <laughs> threw it. And you see him like quickly speed up. Cause he almost got hit by it. I thought that was pretty funny as well. Oh, and um, the flip-flop thing is absolutely fucking fantastic. So I will mention here that Cabana did rally for a short amount of time here and there. It was like popcorn. It literally happened real fast and then it's fucking gone. Uh, again, I would like to see just more of what he's capable of. This was a 15 and a half minute ass whooping for Cabana. So, uh, but again, they made the most of it here and I'll just go ahead and spoil the winner. Our winner was Blake Christian. He did the old uh, head stomp slash back stomp onto Cabana, put him out pretty quickly with a one, two, three, again, 15 and a half minute match. Now, here's where actions matter again. Blake grabs a chair, just like he did to Masha the show before. He puts Cabana's head in the chair. Hunter Drake runs out to save Cabana before Cabana's head got smashed in. Now, that's because Blake has gotten this new thing at the end of the match where he likes to injure people. I like it. I think it works for him. It's not, yeah, it's something that it's could be done after the match, during the match, before. It's something easy that... Um, kind of reminds me of uh, the Jeff Jarrett when he has the guitar. Like you always expect the guitar shot every time you see Jarrett, and now I'm starting to see every time Blake wins or he hasn't lost yet since, uh, other than the Rumble. But I'm wondering, like, if he, like, I always expect now he's gonna get take the opponent and put him in the chair. And like as I was saying before, I can't wait till that one person that does the run in to break it up. The big pop is gonna be, uh. No knock on Hunter Drake. I had a bigger name, <laughs> like a more prominent name in GCW, a GCW regular to kind of be that one that kind of first comes in and saves whoever and kind of foils Blake as we we're talking about. That would be a good way to kind of kickstart whatever feud that Blake is going to have. And um, didn't expect Hunter Drake to be the one to do it. But as I said, I, that's why I really liked him winning the first match because it kind of they did a lot of shit talking online, I think, right before this show. Um, hmm. going into the the New South show, the GCW versus New New South, they were setting up that match, and um, I really think just in a matter of like just that night, they did a very good job setting up uh their match the next night. It kind of told a quick little story, and um, yeah, I was more into that the next night than their Hunter Drake Blake Christian match, even though I kind of was expecting Blake to win. I I was more invested in just to kind of see what kind of uh Hunter Drake would do to kind of get the come up. It's on Blake Christian and. That's the next card that we will review, but I did like how they set it up at the end of this match as well. So just a little earlier, I was writing down a note when you were talking about how we were going back and forth, talking about how he put uh, Cabana Man's head in that chair there. 
I put insult to injury because that's pretty much what he's doing here. He's adding insult to injury at the end of the match. Also, I was just thinking about it. What a cool name for a move, like a heel finisher or something. The insult to injury. I don't know. (laughs) Like a nice little, you know. But anyway, in the end of this all, um, the empty chants were going on through the crowd. Cabana leaves with Jake with Drake. Everybody's (laughs) happy. This is one of those nights where I guess I'm flipping words off, but uh, I'm happy with it. I thought it was a fantastic little match. It was a good number two with a lot more action than I expected. And I think it was a good, like, I didn't even know it was 15 minutes. Like, that's a long time. And uh, yeah. we kind of talk about GCW wrestling, the more, the most of the matches are being between 10 to 12, 10 to 14. And uh, Cabana Mandan getting 15 minutes with Blake Christian. I think that's only going to help improve his stock and get him the expo- uh, way more exposure on the GCW platform. And I think his character is different enough where he could be going to uh, these other shows and doing some, some other things, because I, I do like how his character is unique and, um, he plays it off so good, too. Well, there's only one Cabana Mandan right now. So <laughs> I look at it that way, and you're right. He's different and unique. No one's like him, and I appreciate that. Yes, good. Guys, you said good second match of the evening. For the third match of the evening, this was one I was very intrigued and looking forward to, is Gringo Loco versus Arez. And with the way that Arez has been wrestling lately and Gringo being the base guy that he is, I was absolutely looking forward to this match. And I'm kind of glad to see Arez get another singles match against even the uh, even bigger name and Gringo Loco and more kind of his style of match with the Luchador other than like what he had with Cole. So um, I was expecting a barn burner in this match and I saw a lot, but I do want to see a lot more of this. I think this would be a nice little feud. Um, Kind of going forward, or maybe even a possible team as, um, yeah, I I would like to see a res kind of team with Gringo now that Gringo uh, Gringo's normal partner is probably going to be uh, out of the picture for a while. So I could definitely uh, see Gringo Loco and Arez having some fun matches as a tag team. Oh, it's very possible. This was some serious lucha fucking action. Almost sixteen minutes in this match. Now, something I'm going to mention here. Number one. I always love the entrance for Gringo. He always comes out kind of cool. He's got the sunglasses on, does his whole thing. But Arez does something that I don't know if I've seen anyone else do or have done in a while. He comes out with his mask. He gets into the ring. Then he takes his mask and he hangs it on the ring post with the mask facing camera side. That is a really smart way to advertise your mask during the match. So what a great way to sell stuff is if you had your mask sitting right there or some other type of merch sitting right there. But the mask, I just wanted to mention it because I thought it was genius. I'm always looking for things like that. And I thought it was a great idea. So I thought it was just worth mentioning for a small amount of time. No, I agree with you. Like, as you were saying that, I'm like, oh, that's smart. And then, yeah, you went right into it. That's smart. Like, I, I didn't even notice it, think about it. And that was a great catch by you. And I, that's a little thing that kind of shows he is a veteran in the, in wrestling, not just a up young up and comer. So that's the kind of stuff right. you kind of learn or you are taught to do to kind of get yourself, even that little bit of thing, like it's going to be out there nonstop and people are going to see the mask. And now you're going to become more recognizable to a lot of, a lot more fans that might not have known uh, of our And yeah, that was a great catch by you. I like that. Yeah. And so, so the other thing was that they came out really fast paced. It was fun to watch. They really worked well together. This 
this could have been more of a shake hands respect match because they both they both could have pulled it off like a respect match because their ability is just so through the roof. It could have been one umpsmanship for 16 minutes and they they damn near did without even saying anything. Gringo goes in to shake hands, slaps Ares in the face, flips him off and tells him, fuck you. Like totally Gringo heel work was going on here. And Ares hits the uh, tope. I was noticing fans didn't move <laughs> for your own safety and sometimes for the wrestler's safety. Get the hell out of the way. Get your shit and get the fuck out the way. (laughs) J-Rose said it best. Right. And that's just, it is how it is. I'm just, you know, I just wanted to mention that. Also, I wanted to mention, I know Arez is over at MLW and he's not really doing much right now. But the more I look at him, the more I see a future star. The guy is fantastic in the ring. And I'm with you. I always love now when he kind of rises up off of the ground with that kip up. Yep. That's my favorite thing that he does. That and then when he... Gets the, the opponent all twisted against the ropes and uses the rope break as a submission. I, I love whenever he does that. You know what's funny? He didn't use that against Gringo in this match. Yeah, that's that's kind of interesting. So five minutes in, and Gringo does finally throw a chair in the ring. A door <laughs> comes out about a minute later. It was propped outside the ring. Well, Ares was put through it when he jumped outside onto Gringo, and Gringo caught him. So it was a really interesting move, but basically he caught onto Gringo. It was supposed to be some type of Hurricane Rana, I believe, and Gringo turned it into what looked like more of a powerbomb. Um, Ares at one point was beating Gringo with chunks of door. Um, there was a vicious DDT on the floor on top of all of those doors. The doors that were brought out were used egregiously by these two men. <laughs> 65% of this match, Gringo was in control. Gringo was the ring general in this match, I think. Yeah, and I love, like, kind of going back off Blake Christian as a heel. I'm loving whenever Gringo is a heel. Um, I said it last podcast, it just seems like he always does this right before collective night or weekend. But I would kind of like to see this heel Gringo moving forward. I think uh, his attitude, mm. the cockiness of him as well, being knowing how good he is and how much... The other wrestlers kind of rely on him during some of these matches, especially the scrambles to kind of pull off all their crazy spots. I could like to, I like to see him kind of play off more into that. I'm saying like, you guys want to be as good as it was, as you are, if it wasn't for me. And with all his history, we always say we want gold on him. And I think him as a heel would be a lot, would look a lot better as a champion than him as a face in my, in my opinion. So that was the other thing I was going to mention here. I don't think GCW has a Lucha heel off the top of my head that we've seen on a regular, or at least we haven't seen on a regular in a while. Anyway, going back here, Ares hits the top rope Hurricane Rana into a huge frog splash. The frog splash looked really nice for a two. Around the eight minute mark, doors and chairs are eventually being thrown into the ring. Ares makes a door bridge. It's a goddamn fight. I don't think there's another way to put it. These two go at it. I don't have a lot of notes about the blow for blow because there was just so much going on, but the winner here ended up being Gringo Loco. He had a top rope power bomb through a door. They made real use of the weapons that they had. They did not have a lot out there. And like I said, even with the chunks of door, Ares was hitting him with chunks of door and you can just <laughs> see stuff flying off of there. It was fun. Yeah, this was a fun match. Um, how long was it? It got, was 15 minutes as well. I think this was, like I said, a, a feud I would like to see just kind of keep Ares face even because I think he's unique and his moveset kind of lends towards a face, but he also plays a good heel. Um, 
as well. So I think he could go back and forth just like how Gringo is. But at this time, I would like to see Arez kind of have a nice little face run. And as you said, we don't really see much heels in the Lucha scene and GCW. I was trying to think of one. The only one I could think of was um, the last one I think I saw was, uh, um, well, not the last one because Dos Wagner was there, but um, Demonica Flamita, Demonic Demonic Flamita, I forgot the exact name of it. He wrestled at the Hammerstein show, and I think he was like a total heel. There was no face in him at all. And I, I loved his like his character as well. And I could see um kind of gringo using some of those mannerisms as well to kind of get further heat from the crowd. But I am loving Gringo heel. Gringo as a heel because I think they could do a lot of fun. He works better, I think, as a heel because they could do a lot more fun stuff with like the the luchadors and making him, making them pop off his shoulder or do all the crazy flips. Like obviously him being the base God is perfect for a smaller luchador. So I kind of hope they would uh, kind of keep Ringo heel as a little bit longer. And the one moment I got scared with, again, I think I talked about this spot, um, the joy. Yeah. During Joey Janela's matching with Matthew Justice and Jimmy Lloyd, when Justice just took the chair and slid it out underneath the ring and hit Jimmy in the back. Well, Gringo had uh, Arez in the... In the corner, right? Yeah, in the corner, upside down. Tree of Woe? Yeah, Tree of Woe. I couldn't think of the name. Holy shit, I haven't said Tree of Woe in forever. Uh, yeah, you had him in the Tree of Woe, and when he was when Arez was ducking down, Gringo just took a chair and flung it at his head as well. But luckily, Arez got up because that, that, the way he flung it was so hard and fast. Like If that did connect, we'd have a lot of problems. And I, I'm loving Gringo as a heel. I, just, I get excited to see finally good heels because good heels are needed to tell good stories, and that's something I'm always looking for and GCW is story, story, stories. And I think uh, Gringo's going to do a great job as a heel. And hopefully we'll see more Arez during collective weekends. Like I said, that could be a weekend I could see him having like a little breakout during that weekend with all the fun matches that he could possibly do with a lot of uh, GCW wrestlers and all the shows going on that weekend as well. Yeah, we need those heels too. The hero is defined by his struggles and also by his enemy. So. The more we have in the way of heels, the more hills the face has to climb and the more that face becomes something special in the eyes of the people. Okay, I'll put it I'll put it down here right now. I want to say it for sure. I would like to see more Ares in Ares <laughs> in uh, GCW. He's intriguing. He's intriguing. He's intriguing. <laughs> I don't think he repeats himself often in the ring and that keeps it fresh. And that's funny because I was waiting to mention that you were talking about how you, he kind of rolls him up in the ropes. Yeah, that wasn't used in this match. And again, that's such a fantastic move. And it's so unique. I'm surprised it's not used in every match, but he doesn't. He keeps it fresh. And also knowing that he can carry a 16 minute match. That's that's a decent amount of time there. I like this guy and I want to see him more. Yeah, and especially the single run, I think he's knocking it out of the park. Like, yeah, before his match with Cole, I think the only times I've ever seen him was in these Lucha uh three on three trios matches or scramble and seeing him getting the one-on-one work it's it's been good and he's like i said he's excelling just as you said i think we're seeing more of him exposing all of us to what he's really capable of because he's not limited by the scramble setting of a match or the trios where it's like okay your turn my turn your turn my turn with six different people it's he's telling a story with cole with green i think more so in this match with gringo they told a better story of kind of a struggle of like gringo like hey this is my yard this is gcw don't forget like 
who brought, I think like Gringo kind of brings all these people in. I'm, I'm just assuming on the Lucha and I think he's got the eye out there that's bringing in a commander, a Vikingo and all that stuff because of his relations uh, from when he used to wrestle out in Mexico. And I could see Arez being definitely one of those people that Gringo would bring into GCW. So I think they could do a lot more with um, some of these other luchadors, not just uh, Arez, but kind of having a story going into Gringo of like, you guys are ungrateful. I'm the one who got you here. I'm the one who makes you look so good. I'm the reason why they all cheer for you. And once you see you back, once you start giving me my flowers, like Joey Janela had his flowers last year, I could like to see Gringo maybe ask for these flowers this year. And it's, I just wonder what's going to happen because the last show of uh the collective is the world on lucha and usually that's like the big go home show of the collective usually it's joey janela's spring break if i'm not mistaken i don't know the exact order of every collective but it just feels like joey's like night one he'll have like ending off super late but then it seems like his show is always the last show to end off the collective and with it being the world on lucha this year and that's kind of gringo show i wonder if um i just kind of wonder what exciting things are going to be happening on that last day of the collective to kind of send the fun the fans home happy. No one's going to be disappointed. Guarantee them to you that. I don't know what's going on. I know there's a lot more star power this year than we've seen in the last couple of years. Things are just things are on the up so much for GCW right now. And then we have the announcement from WWE that NXT talents can now start to work within that independent system. That's something worth thinking about a little further, especially when we have all those pictures with Brett hanging around with McMahon. That's something <laughs> that we need to think about because we have we have so many matchups that can happen there if it's okay for them to come over. And of course, I think the only approval would be the agreement that, hey, don't fuck up their face, no bleeding, no weapons, something like that. I could see quite a few of them coming over and earning their street cred at that. <laughs> gcw why they're working over at the big company i had all of those same thoughts and i don't know if you've heard this i just heard this today um as well but going off of that nxt indie news i think it's just i think it was miss uh the news was spread out the wrong way i think what it was was uh booker t asked can i use um uh i think i think it was ivy something from nxt and they said oh, okay. yes. And I think someone turned it into, oh, look, the, the NXT is working. I think, I hope you're wrong. To me. No, I hope, I mean, I hope you're right because, and I hope I'm wrong because I had the same thing. Once I saw NXT could go do indies, I was like, that's the one, one of the main reasons I love AEW, especially when they first started. Like, hey, we're not using you. Go get better. Go continue to grow as a talent go make your money since i'm not using you and go get your exposure and come back whenever i need you as you said don't get don't get your face all busted up and everything and um i was really excited too but then i i heard today that that information was kind of wrong but i could be wrong too and who knows with the no, new no, no, cycle no, no, nowadays i wouldn't be surprised the way things are right now um and i agree i think that some of those nxt talents actually need the indies oh definitely some of them need to cut their teeth. Uh, like a lot of them just look like rich kids that went straight to the top and they've never had a cut or a bruise in their life. I'm just, I'm just saying it. Some of them look almost too clean. Yeah. Like they don't look like fighters. And then to me, that, okay. yeah. no, uh, I was saying like some off putting. Yeah. It feels like it's to me. It's like, there's just people that fail. I don't want to say this the wrong way <laughs> that weren't as successful in their prior, whatever athletic 
uh, endeavor, then so they're like, okay, well, all I know is I'm an athlete and I like to do this, or I like I'm a gymnastic person, and um, what better way to kind of do that and still make money? We're going to wrestling where they don't have the passion for wrestling that I don't like. As we always talk about, I enjoy when wrestlers are enjoying what they work because that's something I, for most of the talent, I could see it's something that they grew up like the, us as a fan. They wanted to be a wrestler when they grow up and they're living it and they, they're going to do whatever the hell they can to keep on living the dream where I see a lot of these NXT people that come from like football they didn't cut it in college somewhere and they, they're, I just see that there's no passion when they get to some, most of them not the most of them, but some of them, when they get to NXT, you can just tell the passion isn't there for the actual wrestling. They're just there to get famous, make money, and be on TV, and then they use that as a, another platform to do whatever else they want. They don't actually do it for the love of wrestling, where I enjoy watching these people grind, 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 and we get to see the fruits of their grinding labor out in front of us, and we could see how much passion they give to us, because they leave it all out in the ring, where some of these athletes that weren't successful in their uh, previous sports or whatever activities. They just want to show up, smile, make money. And they don't, I don't don't think they put in the work as hard as a lot of these other indie wrestlers do as well. I could see that. What you're saying is you're not really, you're not really big on people whose wrestling career is their second priority or no, their second choice. Yeah, what you're saying is you would rather have a kid who's been watching since six years old, who's had the dream, do it instead of somebody who just failed at their pro career in the NFL and it's time to come over. And I see what you're saying. As long as they work hard and establish themselves, I think that anybody deserves a chance. Yep, I, I'm right there. Of course, it's what they do with that chance. Exactly. Like, and I, I just want them to like show appreciation. Cause like, you don't have, know how many other people have been doing this shit for 10, 15 years grinding on the Indies, but they never get that big chance just because they're not six foot five, 300 pounds, like an athlete where these failed six foot five, 300 pound football players come in and, Oh, let's join the PC center and still make a lot of money and still get famous. And they don't put it like, as you said, if you put in the work, I'm all for like Batista is one of them. I always, always go, I always go to Batista. Rustin wasn't his Lesner, first passion. Lesnar, Cena, like they put in their work, you know? Yeah. Well, Cena, I think that he grew up as a wrestling fan and everything. So I think he, yeah. yeah. But like Brock, Brock the same way, like he probably didn't want to be a wrestler, but hey, he was an actual collegiate wrestler. So that naturally translate for the most part into professional oh, yeah. wrestling as this is. So I don't like him, but like Batista, he was. He's just a big muscle guy. Like, hey, go wrestling. He's like, sure. I don't know shit about wrestling, but I'll do it. And like, I remember, like, I think he said, like, he used to watch it as a kid a little bit with his family, but um, he dove into it and made it his passion, his life. And then when it, he's now got too old or he's done enough in wrestling, then he went to be an actor. And like, I'm all for that because it seemed like that timing was fine, but I'm all, I'd rather see a 5'10, 6 foot, uh, smaller athlete that grew up loving wrestling and is perfecting his profession or her profession for years and years. And every time they get to go out and show their progression as a wrestler and get to do what they grew up loving, you see that in, as you said, how it turns out in their moveset, the matches and how much passion they give out instead of just there collecting a check and buy. I'm, I'm just, I don't care about this sport and like the fans and stuff like that. So, um, 
I forgot how we got onto that part, but no, that's kind of yeah. <laughs> I'll bring us back. I'll bring yeah. us back because I'll kind of I'll kind of bridge this back here for just a moment. One thing I will mention: there were back-to-back long matches here. We had a 15 and a half minute match with Gringo Loco and RS, and then the minute the match before that was a 16 minute match. So this is something that I find interesting. There's now constantly money being thrown in the ring for the lucha um, matches. I love it. The fans love the match. They love RS. I'm right there with them. I don't know how many times I can really say it. I'm just a I'm just a big fan. Now that I saw a 16-minute match, I know he's more capable than what we've had a chance to see. And he also shows a level of wrestling maturity, which I'm now able to see. I'm also noticing something that is a promoter's dream. With the way Ares' character is built, he does not need to talk. You just eliminated one thing right there that's completely unnecessary. He has a mystery to him, and it should stay that way. And I think if you have that mystery and you keep that mystery, you can constantly keep people guessing about his motives because you'll have no idea what he's thinking. Um, Also, I'm going to touch on the Gringo Loco situation. I would like to see him come out as like the Lucha father. You know, I brought you into this world over GCW. I'll take you out. It's very simple. He comes in. I run this shit. I book this show. This is my Lucha division. And that's why I feel like we're getting kind of like that. Uh, as I said, like, this is how he kind of turns into it. Like, I like the Lucha Father. That's a great name for better than I don't even think I came up with the name. I just kind of said I like that kind of character. Yeah, the Lucha Father, of, as you said, him. Like, this is my world on Lucha that's going to be the highlight and main event of the collective weekend. I'm the one making the shots and calls around here. You, as you said, show me the respect. Give me the flowers because mm-hmm. without me, none of this is possible. And that comes kind of lead me to my next point. I don't know if you noticed this as well. And it could just be timing just because it's not quote unquote deathmatch season. But I, I've noticed the last oof, few shows that GCW is leaning lately uh-huh. towards putting on way more like Lucha style matches than death matches. And I find that very interesting based off of their fan base as well. Like, I, I know when they're in LA, especially at the UCC, they can't do a lot of death matches, so that kind of restricts them. Restricts them, but as well as they, as you said during this match, as well as they're doing like these lucha style matches, they are killing it, and I I don't see why they should go away from it. Like not that they would, but I just kind of see it. I'm now realizing we're getting way more lucha style matches than death matches, and I just wonder if it's because of the venues or are they like on purposely not going to the death matches as much because of it not being a death match quote unquote season like ngi or tos or whatever so that's just something i started noticing during this match or during this match in this card i was like i don't feel like they're focusing on death match wrestling anymore and i just kind of wonder why that is hmm, that's interesting okay so well we will talk about that this will be fun okay so let me go ahead and get the gringo loco thing out of the way and then we'll move on from there I think he or Gringo Loco is cocky. I think that's the way he would go. And he has pimp vibes. <laughs> I don't know if it's the attitude or whatnot, but I mean, he's just short of like having one of those fur coats. He's already got the jacket. He already has the attitude. If he comes out in a fur coat and he's like, I'm the fucking, I'm the godfather of this shit. Ooh, would that be good? I like he's the Lucha Godfather of this shit. Yeah, the Lucha Godfather. <laughs> uh-huh. So yeah, instead of Nick Gage, we got Gage yep. God of the shit. You got somebody for the Lucha. You got a Lucha God. But um, okay. So 
I think the turnaround for me, I saw a turnaround when it came to how big Lucha was getting with GCW. The first Vikingo match in LA there, Mm -hmm. it seemed like it even translated on TV that the fans were just on fire and it was a hundred percent because of the Lucha that was going on. I mean, performers, but the Lucha was what set the night off. And if you're a promoter and you're standing back, the one thing you want to listen for is what makes that crowd excited. And And for sure, the Lucha was in L.A. (laughs) Lucha sets it the fuck off. So maybe just maybe speculation. We may have a Lucha title belt coming. That would be fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. That again would leave out somebody like Tony Deppen. No. So I still I still feel we would have more of a, I don't know, an IC title. When when Tony has to do Lucha, he does it because like I know the lead-in into last year's World on Lucha, Tony Deppen was begging Gringo for a shot to be uh, yeah on that show, and so he's like, look, and then the first the matches leading into it, he was like, watch all this flippy shit I can do, and he was doing kind of Lucha <laughs> styles. I could see Tony Deppen being a even an anti-Lucha kind of a champion, as we I talked about way long ago. Maybe it wasn't even on this podcast. Like, even if he were to become a GC, like whenever he fought against like these deathmatch wrestlers, he was anti-deathmatch. He's like, no, we're not doing any of this shit here in this match. Like, we're gonna wrestle. We're not doing the light tubes and any of that stuff. So I could kind of see him being like the anti-Lucha style match. Huh? Yeah, I I don't know. It's just the the excitement level is just so damn high with with these lucha messages at gcw if you really look at it there's two things that really set gcw off when i mean set the fans off that scrambles and lucha matches now they love death matches absolutely love death matches they also are going to probably get expensive after a while doors light tubes are not cheap it just they're not what you see in weapons in one night could probably cover two performers and maybe more so yeah. sometimes you lose you lose some cast, but you know you have the weapon. So I don't know. That's another talk we're going to have to have at some time. But in the last couple of years, there's been talk about light tubes kind of going away because they're just not going to make them as much. Or yeah, but say all anymore. Yeah, but say didn't they not make one more like a T12 or something like that? I don't. I'm ignorant on these the light tube numbers, okay. but I thought so, they just said they're not yeah. making one of them no more. So I believe it's T8s and T12s are the two most popular. And I can't remember which one again, don't quote me. I'm shit with this, but there is one that wrestlers prefer to use because they're larger and they break a little easier. If you get those skinnier, smaller tubes, it takes a lot more force and you have a greater chance of getting cut. So I'm not hundred percent sure what the situation is. I think when it comes to things like that, you look to Europe first because Europe's generally on the forefront when it comes to green technologies, green energy, anything when it comes to green down to recycling it's generally done in europe first and then it comes over here it's just like a haircut if you want to see what a cool haircut is next year look at the soccer players in europe right now that's kind of how these things work i don't know if you knew that or not uh a little bit but i didn't think about it in the wrestling terms as you just did buddy so i couldn't hear you anyway no i i didn't realize that in the like the wrestling world that that's kind of how it was with the with the light tubes and the um and like the, all the other fuckery that they use and stuff like that. So that's something now I need to pay attention to. Yeah. You just have to look ahead for a lot of that stuff. But um, I really, 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 really like the Lucha event closing out the night and the weekend at GCW. Um, 
I don't know what they have planned, but it's so important. It's closing out the weekend. So I don't know, but I have full, what's the word for it? I just, I feel confidence. They're going to, yeah, I have full confidence. They're going to fucking deliver. Yeah. Such a good fucking show. I just know it. Yeah. When I saw that, that was like the main event of the cult collective. I was like, yeah, some crazy shit's going to go on. I'm assuming something with Vikingo, but I just don't know uh what at this point but yeah I, I what you said you where you started noticing like the focus on lucha was that la show like i guess i should have known it there too because i was there that night and i was like this is by far the loudest i've heard it in mm-hmm. the last couple shows and it's it was the lucha match so um i don't know maybe after the collective they'll start going to some places where they can do a lot more deathmatch shit so maybe they'll start making up for it with uh then since there is no planet death at collective um i would like to kind of see them they always do make up for whatever they feel like the fans are missing out on. They do a great job of coming back and making sure the fans leave happy. No, absolutely. So I'm, I'm just wondering when it comes to the trend you're talking about, I think it'll be a trend if we continue to see it and talk about it for the next two or three months. You know, I'd like to give it six months to see, you know, if it's really a trend or if it's something that's just being tried, but we're in a situation here where it's like ECW again, I'm going to say it a hundred times, the Lucha, division is what set them apart from all the other major or the other major companies and eventually the larger companies incorporated that also into their shows i have a feeling we may see another point here where there's going to be a great group of lucha lucha uh performers come through and they get snagged up how is well i don't want to say how is but eventually i could see commander getting snagged up and I, it's kind of off, but Ninja Mac, I would put him somewhat in the same, um, in the, at least in the same level, if not the same um, style. But oh, there's yeah. so many people that that in the next five years, I'm I'm surprised they won't have a spot here or in Mexico. They're going to have a stellar spot. It's just a matter of when with half of these guys. Yeah, I'm glad too. They are like Jack Hart was able to go work AAA all shows whenever like too. Like he's worked on there a couple, which was that's like it was surprising at first, but then they kept on bringing him back, and that's good because I think that his time over there has definitely helped him improve over here in GCW. Because as we said the last couple of times we've seen him, we see the improvement and the confidence that he has, and um, yeah, I'm just wondering. Like I'm excited for Collective Lucha is going to be the big one that I'm really really looking forward to as well and i just kind of hope that great uh not gringo um vikingo still has uh a lot of say of what happens at the world on lucha oh you fucking know it man he has so many connections it seems too like it's almost like gcw dug an underground tunnel over to AAA, and they're just you know trading people back and forth and God, it's so nice right now to be a fan and they've been bringing in great lucha talent. Like every time, it's like, okay, I never heard of this guy. And then five minutes in, uh, I want to see him next show and every other show after that. Well, what I find myself saying quite a bit is, where is he from? That, all the time, I see somebody come in and they fucking light it up. And I'm like, where in the hell is he from? Because he had to have practiced this somewhere. Yeah. And that is how you find yourself watching other companies. For the fourth matchup of the evening, we have Action Mike Jackson going against Marco Stunt. And once again, it is nice having Marco and Action uh, Jackson back in a GCW ring. And this was going to be an interesting match. I kind of liked how they gave uh, Mike Jackson someone smaller than him. (laughs) Um, And once again, Marco uh, 
I loved his shirt. He had like at the beginning. I don't think he came out with it during the entrance, but at the beginning where they were doing the eulogy during Jay, uh, Jay's thing, it, he had a shirt that was kind of like in Rugrats form. Mm-hmm. That was in Rugrats form, and um, it said like it was like the the outline of everything, and it said Marco and said the Rugrats. I was like, oh, I like that shirt. I like the little throwback off to Nickelodeon. But yeah, this was a fun match. I was like, wasn't expecting too much of it, other than just some entertainment, and it actually was pretty good in ring work. Um, Mike Jackson did a little bit more uh, than I thought he would going against uh, Marco Stunt. But overall, this was mm-hmm. a fun little match. So I'm actually one of these people that kind of grew up on Rugrats. I was in my early years, even into my teens. I don't want to admit too much on. But yeah, every time I saw Marco's pants on the back there, you could see that it was in that kind of a, you know, the font and the style yep. of the Rugrats. It was nice hearing Marco's music. You know, it's so rare, but when you hear it come on, the claps from the crowd, he comes out in Andre's singlet, you know, the little show. Yeah. So I didn't know this, but he's a Mississippi boy. So dude's working in his neighborhood. You know, he's not oh. too far away. He grew up not too far away, just next state over. I didn't know. So that. Unless, I... unless my geography is wrong. I thought that was in uh I thought he was from New York because uh, I like I don't know because like that's where he debuted and that's why most of the time we saw, I see him is then like the New York or Audi show. So I didn't know he's from down south. You know, I don't know if a wrestler's ever done it. I think it would be freaking fantastic if there was a guy that he always claimed his hometown to be the town that they were in. <laughs> Just for the pop. Wouldn't that be great? Yes, I I nice easy cheap pop. <laughs> well, yeah, because I mean it's like North Carolina. Like everybody knows that. Yeah. I think it would be fantastic because after the fans get smart, they would probably start to enjoy the fact that they would yell out their hometown. I, I I just remember Chris Jericho. Whenever like the whenever they, he was in Canada, he would always say like, "No, I'm in Florida." Then whenever anywhere else, he's like, "Announce me from Canada, asshole!" Like to keep that healing. <laughs> I I had the same thing thinking about uh, Jericho when he said that because like I thought there was somebody that did used to kind of do that, and it was like it was probably like a jobber that used to do it. But I think they always used to do that just to kind of uh, get over with the fans real fast. Yeah. So I'm, and I'm sure somebody probably has. It's just I can't dig into the library in my head to figure out, if, you know, what the <laughs> name of someone who has. But I think it's a great idea. Yes, and yeah, like cheap it. pop. So next comes out, good old action, Mike Jackson. He comes out to Sweet Home Alabama. The fans love it. Right out the gate, you can hear him say, "GCW, it don't get no better than this." Huntsville, Alabama, it don't get no better than this. He's fighting out of Birmingham, Alabama. So this is right, same thing, right in his backyard. So you've got two boys right from the south that are going to go at it. You know, so this kind of ties in a little bit to what's happened lately, sadly. But Jerry Lawler had been recently um, hospitalized. He had an issue, um, a seizure, I believe is what it was. No, 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 a stroke. I'm so sorry. And um, the good news is he's recovering better than expected, and he should be going home probably by the time you hear this or over the weekend. But I wanted to mention Jerry Lawler for a moment also because he just hit 53 years of wrestling and Mike and Jerry, Action Mike, are the only two wrestlers that are active right now that can say they wrestled Luthez, which is just a phenomenal thing to say. That's a nice so he uh, Jackson started in 1972, that's 51 years ago. And then again, Lawler, Lawler just hasn't beat by two years. Um, also another little fun fact, uh, action, Mike Jackson fought Randy Savage in 74. So we're talking like some deep old way back. I don't even think I knew that Randy went back that far. 
I yeah, honestly I thought know. it was mid to late seventies. Uh, fantastic, but and that's a uh, kind of weird timing too with the the passing of his brother, Lainey Poffo, uh, just the other day too. It's kind of crazy right? timing with Jerry Lawler. Maybe and, I don't uh, need to write this paragraph. <laughs> But uh, the other thing about action is that he has two master's degrees. He's got one in phys ed and he has one in educational leadership with a minor in English. So you and him have a little something in common there. Yeah, except he's a smart one. He got out of teaching. I'm the dumbass who's staying in. <laughs> well, he got educational leadership. So maybe it's just one of those things where, you know, he went up to the next level, maybe to be a principal or whatnot. I'm I'm not 100% sure. But between him and Lawler, we're talking 104 years of experience in ring. If they just stepped in the ring together, over 100 years of experience. We're talking that's something that is so unheard of that historically I don't know if it's happened. And again, with the old Grizzly guys from back in the day, it may have been a matchup. You know, I'm not sure. May Young was in eight different decades, I think. Yeah. Yep. Wow. That was crazy. <laughs> that wow. like and then um, that age. I think Ric Flair missed... Six decades by two years. If he had started two years earlier, I think he would have had another decade under his belt. So, yeah, there are some people out there that's put in some time. If I sleep wrong, I'm fucked for days. I don't know how in the hell someone double my age can take these hits in the ring, outside the ring. I have no idea. If they can, I mean, stronger than me, that's for damn sure. So we're going to go into the next thing for a minute that I wanted to talk about. It's a little more personal, but... I was doing my research on Action Jackson basically because there's a lot of people who listen to this show who are more educated fans. So I always try to find a little something that's cool that you can go, oh, cool. So if you haven't already seen the post, I went ahead and wanted to give out a little bit of information in case you wanted to get in touch with Mr. Jackson and maybe buy some of his merch. He's not one of those guys that has his stuff all over, over Twitter. You're not going to find his stuff in all the major like pro wrestling tees, things like that. So I went ahead and found this number and I decided I'd call it and see if Mike Jackson still has his number, number one. And number two, if this is something that's okay to give out to our listeners so that they can contact him, maybe buy some merch, DVDs, T-shirts, whatever it is, autographs, uh, maybe even just pass on a kind word because those things matter. He's 73, like I said, a living legend. This is somebody you want to give respect to. I contacted him and here's what happened. So... I, I uh, called because I was a little reluctant to do it. I was nervous. I think anybody who gives a shit about, you know, the history of wrestling and people who are absolute you know, legends, a little nervous. So funny thing, picks up his phone. Yellow. Oh, my God. So I go, uh, Mr. Jackson. Hi, how are uh, uh And I go, hi, Mike, I'm John. <laughs> that's kind of what I just I I just blew the whole lid off of it I'm like fuck it the best thing I can do is just be authentic hi Mike I'm John I said I'm from the GCW plant podcast I was just letting you know I think what you do is fantastic I've been watching wrestling since 84 I've seen you all over the place I said I've got memories of sitting on my carpet in the living room at six years old watching you you know I'm I'm, I'm telling him I said you know it's fantastic to see you're you're just out there and kicking and doing your thing and it's a lot better to see, unlike some of these guys, that when you get in the ring, you're capable. You're still capable. You're out there able to do what you do. And, I mean, he and I talked for a couple minutes. He was just giving me a little bit of his background. He also said he really loved performing for GCW because he said the fans were just electric. That was the word he used. He used electric. So, I... um. 
I don't, I'm trying to think if there was any chit chat other that was worth mentioning, but it, it's just my background and my preference, but I just wished him absolutely all the best. I told him I had absolute ad, admiration for what he did and I was very thankful and I hope he just keeps going because what he's doing, I think is wonderful. So I told him, I said, look, I have this number, man. I just wanted to make sure I could give it out a hundred percent. Hey man, have him call me up. I'd love to hear from some people. I'd love to know what they have to say. This is where you can buy some stuff from old school. You wow. know, he answered his own phone. How many wrestlers do you have their number where you can call for their merch? They pick up the phone and they're nice as hell. That's Unbothered. Crazy. I cut off the phone call because I told him, hey, I'm just repeating myself. I really am just thankful. That's what I, I mean. I'm just telling you as a fan because we're fans. This is how I felt. I didn't plan it. I didn't plan that he was going to pick up. So it fucked me up a little when I you know, <laughs> went to talk to him. But um, yeah, he did absolutely. No, I haven't yet. Oh, I yeah. wanted to go ahead and we're going to talk to him later because he told me, he said, absolutely. When it comes time, we'd love to do an interview with you. And I told him, I said, we have performers that are more than happy to do interviews with us. We're just still getting up and running. You know, so I told him, I said, I would love to call you back here real soon. Talk to you more. Um, I'm a country guy from the north. He's a country guy from the south. So it was a cool little talk shot the breeze for about four five six minutes and uh just gave my utmost admiration like somebody deserves nice that's, that's so cool yeah so that number jesus I, I i held off on the number for the longest time if you want to go ahead and get a hold of action mike jackson he has dvds t-shirts uh, autographs pictures the whole nine so grab a pen and pencil the number is 205 936 90 so again, I'll make it a little faster here. 205-936-9050. I'm dead serious. Give him a call. Chances are he will pick up that phone. Just try to be respectful that I'm yeah. guessing after nine o'clock. Exactly. Him, I'm about to say, bring me a, a little bit break. earlier because uh, since he's a little older, he probably goes to bed a little bit earlier. And I know I would. That's how I... <laughs> Motherfucker can do more push-ups than me. I don't know. Exactly. He actually might be staying out partying. No, not partying, but you know. Uh, you never know. You never know. But I mean, everything came off genuine, a very good man. And I would just say, especially being fans like us are going to be respectful, but yeah, definitely be respectful. Dude is so freaking nice. He did not have to spend time talking to me, saying so many nice things about us, Brett, GCW, the GCW fans. It was really a fantastic little talk. And like I said, he would have talked a lot more if I didn't cut it off, but I felt embarrassed that I was saying the same things over and over. It was just admiration. That's, uh, so I was telling my father-in-law that story of how you called him, and he goes like, action mike jackson like he knew who he was too and like my he oh yeah my father-in-law watch, doesn't watch like wrestling all the time but like whenever sometimes it's on he has nothing else to watch i guess he watches it i don't know but yeah he knew who action mike jackson was and was telling me a story about watching him wrestle back in the day when he was used to watching so that's uh, <laughs> i told i told him that story so now knowing that this is the number to buy merch i might have to buy my father-in-law a little uh, piece of merch as well oh because you yeah. know what one of the nicest things made to give him give him the phone number and tell him to give a call and say howdy I'm dead serious. Some of these guys would love to hear, hey, I have a fantastic memory of you. Dead serious. Uh, that That's crazy. I, I can't believe he picked up number one and number Shit. two, that is the actual number. <laughs> fantastic. It was it was really a good time. And yeah, it. Uh, I'll remember it. Very yeah. nice guy. I can't wait to talk to him again. Um, and yeah, as soon as we are able to do everything that we know that we 
basically as soon as we're ready to put the presentation together that we feel should be presented uh, presented for someone in his category or various other wrestlers in that category then we're going to definitely do it but i will tell the listeners we have people we are able to line up quite quickly so once we pull that trigger you're going to be seeing announcements yeah i can't wait to interview some uh some of the ones i know that have said they want to they wouldn't mind being interviewed and are nope like Actually, Mike Jackson, I was like, I was surprised now too, because I, oof, that could be a long one just because of all the stories that he he could tell, oh. probably. Oh, I'm just falling over myself. Like I said, I'm kind of an old guy in a in a middle aged guy's body, and I see the value in his stories and what he has to share. And you know, he's got stories that are 20, 30 years older than me. Yeah, that's insane. That's wow. cool though. That's a that's a nice little uh, highlight of your day there shoot yeah that that made my day for sure my week yeah i'm i'm so happy i got to talk to a legend you know i'm a kid (laughs) so uh so before this bell rang marco gets that microphone he starts talking shit he tells my uh mike jackson he goes i'm a younger man i'm gonna run circles around you and he puts down that microphone after he's done talking shit and you can hear the fans going action's gonna kill you you know you know the old chant that you get from uh Samoa Samoa Joe. Joe. Yeah. so we're out there action starts whooping the piss out of marco a little bit and you hear someone in the crowd yell he's just a kid which of course i love that shit too and we we basically had an old school match i love this marco's stunt slowed it down he gave us spots for drama um, both Mike and him took really good advantage of it. There was a lot of crowd interaction. And again, just like it is in the South, that crowd interaction really does make a difference. And it gave Mike breathing room. Marco was just getting back into the ring himself after who knows how long. I, I see him sparsely. I know you do too. You don't see him in too many places, right? Nope. Yeah. Yeah. So the crowd was really loves, loving seeing action work. I think about 75% of the crowd had not seen him, which that's always enjoyable. It's like, like I said, I think before, if you've ever watched those review videos where someone sits down and does a reaction to a song they've never heard before, it's always nice to hear someone fall in love with one of your favorite songs for the first time. You know, you put on that song, you have them listen to it, and then you get to see the light bulb go off in their head like, oh, shit, this is great. Yeah. So that's what kind of happened here. What do you have to say about this one, man? What were your thoughts? I liked how at the beginning of the match, like Marco, after he got done talking all that shit, Mike Jackson even pulled down one of his uh, yeah. his straps to make a singlet <laughs> of himself. I was like, all right, I, I could be right here with you. I'm going to whip your ass. And Marco just running away and stuff. I think Marco's doing a good job as this little show and working it as a heel. I, uh, mm-hmm. I think it's been way more entertaining this way than kind of what he was. Because like when he was a face and not – when he was uh, the little show, when he was just kind of regular on Marco Stunt GCW, he was kind of like the person that was getting tossed around by Shane Mercer and uh, all the bigger competitors and kind of reminded me, felt like kind of Spike Dudley-ish where he's just there to kind of to be tossed around. So not going to really get over too much other than the song and uh, the comebacks that he does during the match. But I really think like he's got more depth in this character and he's get, being able to show more of the character and more of his entertainment side while wrestling as you said especially in this kind of matches some more old school uh storytelling and playing to the crowd and doing a bunch of uh heelish antics and stuff like that not really focusing on work rate or anything so i thought this was perfect for marco especially going against mike jackson and it kind of he was able to go more in depth in his character and his heel work than he uh normally would be if it wasn't against mike jackson so 
I think he I I enjoyed Marco as a heel. I loved this this match just because of all the stuff that he did to kind of get under Mike's nerves and Mike Mike Jackson's reactions to everything are always a uh, classic too. I like how he just reacts like he's too old to give a shit, but then when you get underneath his, like get underneath his skin, he's like, okay, mm-hmm. now now you've opened up the bear. I turned <laughs> I just got thirty years younger. Let's let's go at it, son. And uh, yep. I liked it. it, was a, I it can, was a fun match. I can only be patient for so long. <laughs> exactly, what it kind of comes off like. And then when he drops the hammer, it's heavy, man. <laughs> yep. <It's, laughs> uh, I love it. So I'll mention the obvious here. How about we have Marco Stunt, Andrew Everett team up? <laughs> the, That's a good. Team. I mean, the tallest team in tag team wrestling. Love it. I'm I just love throwing it. it out there. Love that idea. It could right be the there. biggest. It could be the tallest, but the T's work. So the tallest team in tag team wrestling. Boom. Uh, I'm all for that team right there. That, that's, yeah. uh, that's a great. What would you say their team name could be? Oh, shit. Oh, I thought uh, you said a name. I'm sorry. No, no, no. That's that's the. Oh, that's a good. Qu- the Little Giants or some shit like that. I don't <laughs> know. Like something from a Disney movie. <laughs> yeah, about that. That's going to be copyright. But that is a great name for the team as well. Yeah. Little Giants. Yeah, we'll call them Big Hope. we'll we'll come up with something but yeah i was just thinking about it i go you know what they have very similar gimmicks i think it would be fantastic for them to work together if the match is drawn up intelligently otherwise the overlap could be boring yeah i'm I'm trying to you know what i mean so it may be a one or two off kind of thing but it would be fantastic to find like two hogan's and two andres and just let them kind of go you know i've seen dumber they could okay, have put so them both in the rumble. Idea. Absolutely. Like that would have been good. Exactly. Off. They could have had like a little mm. spot in the do or die rumble to kind of like get oh, the crowd man. going. <laughs> well, yeah. And then you could have had somebody like Mason run in and oh, uh, they both grab a hold of him and do a double. It's all, it's all in the head, man. It's all these little ideas. I could just see um, them trying to grab, uh, they both goozle Hoodfoot and like, oh, we're going to choke Hoodfoot. Oh. Hoodfoot's just like staring down on him like, are you kidding me, guys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're out of your fucking minds, little man. A lot of fun um, stuff. Halfway through, Jackson was whooping the shit out of Marco. It was really kind of fun to watch, especially with the way Marco was trying to draw heat. I like this dimension of Marco. I'm kind of with you there. I think he really does a good job much better than i expected because he's such a sympathy style character so when he runs his mouth it's even more interesting yep now we really want to get see him get tossed out <laughs> seven yeah. rows deep by mercer yeah like look at you you're really gonna run your mouth yeah love it love it someone puts him in place marco attempts the rope walk and he ends up getting crotched by the rope action of course does the old school you know he's grabbing the rope up and down the guy's freaking hurting and <laughs> so then he goes ahead and beats on marco a couple times grabs a hold of marco's hand and action goes up next of course as mike always does he's walking the ropes crowds yelling mike 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 just having a good old time and um the old school joke that i like that i heard in this match jackson grabbed a hold of stunts hair and he goes, give me that hair. And he goes, I got hair now. <laughs> Old school, funny. The crowd laughed. It was good. I can't deliver a joke the way he delivered the joke, but I wanted to mention it because it was, um, it was creative. I I enjoyed this match. I thought whatever the little things they did just to kind of do the story, like that crotch spot. When's the last time we seen kind of that spot in wrestling? Like we used to oh, see yeah. it like on a weekly yeah. basis, but now I can't remember the last time I saw it. Even like yeah, it, said, it got it way more rare. Then. Yeah, I guess so. I forgot about that. Not many, not many though. But I I like the old school feel in this match, and Mike Jackson did exactly what he needed to do and got his time. Mm-hmm. And Marco, I think, was the kind of the one that 
got a little bit more over with the crowd and um like in a bad way obviously for the heel heat but i think he did a lot more to kind of um keep his character going and kind of fleshing out his character as it is now because when he first came back and i saw this i'm like okay it was just like a little thing on the on the the little show big show but like he still keeps on doing it so um i'm liking now though but since it wasn't a scramble match it was more one-on-one he's able to yeah lay out his uh his thoughts on how he wants his character to proceed. And if it's like anything or if it's anything like how we saw in this match, I definitely want to keep seeing him working against um, even legends as this kind of character and kind of Mm -hmm. being used as Spike Dudley, but in a heel form and getting the Mike Jackson fans to cheer for him. So our winner in this match, absolutely wonderful to hear Mr. Action Mike Jackson. He had a surprise small package roll up on Marco one, two, three, and it was really a surprise. It was a very quick and abrupt ending, but it worked really well. It was an 11-minute match, and action was cheered heavily on the way out of the ring. I have a feeling we're going to see him again, and I really hope to see him again. I really like the guy. I think in spots, he's good. If we saw him every week, we'd kind of know what he's doing, and we'd get used to it. I think it's like um, uh, early morning guy steal. If we saw it every week, it would not be the same, but... When when he does show up, it's um it's a treat. That's yeah, special, and that's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's special, and I like that, and I don't want to ever take that away. Santana Jackson's coming out in this show in Las Vegas. If we saw him every show, we'll see what there is to see. But yeah, it's special when we get to see here and there, and I'm really proud that we have him out here in Las Vegas too, just because it's a unique unique character. Yeah, and it's a wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> The surprise on Mike Jackson's face too when he got the roll up was uh was pretty pretty interesting to see because uh, Mark Mark goes to say they're like really I just lost this old man based off of that and Mark Jackson or Mike Jackson's like oh shit I won <laughs> like it is over yeah. okay good <laughs> I'm done that will lead us into our fifth matchup of the evening as Sawyer Wreck goes against Billy Starks and. I forgot we saw this match just right before uh, like or I saw this match. I don't know if you saw it or not. Um, like the fans were able to see this matchup in another company a couple. Uh, I think it was like a week prior to this one. And that kind of that was a crazy match and seeing how they would do in GCW. It didn't get as crazy, but I think it was a way better quality match this time around in, in the GCW ring. Um I was wondering after seeing that how crazy Billy would kind of get now that she mm-hmm. well, she just turned eighteen. So I was kind of wondering how like now that she is quote unquote an adult and what is like I don't know with like the legal age of stuff like if they're allowed to get like tubes if you're you have to be a certain age or anything like Ooh, that. Oh yeah, you'd have to you'd have to just because. Well, I mean, I'm sure there's ways to sign off, but if you did, I'd almost say it's like abuse. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, and if, that, a, if an adult signs off on a kid getting hit with a blunt or sharp object yeah that would probably i would have to say 18 yeah unless it's two kids in a backyard right yeah well i after that match in the other company it was violent and bloody but it was more just like a i don't want to say sloppy it was more of a death match but there was nothing to it wrestling wise it was just let's just get crazy and i think that was like billy stark's way of like her it's 18th an, birthday present to herself of being able it's to find an entertainment match yeah. Yeah. They weren't out there to prove a whole lot. It was, they were out there to just enjoy themselves and put on some entertainment for the fans kind of thing. It yes. was not a technical matchup, you're saying. Yeah. It was more like Billy. Gresham wasn't involved. What was that? 
Gresham wasn't in. <laughs> no, Gresham was far no. away from that uh, company. But this match was way better, like I said, quality. And I was wondering if uh, Billy would uh, get some color on this match. But I enjoyed it. This was fun. I, I actually enjoyed this one better than I saw the first one because it was more wrestling, more um, actual substance to it instead of just a bunch of fuckery and craziness. And this was a matchup I think a lot of people have been wanting to see for a while. And. I thought it was good. I I enjoyed it. Um, Sawyer did her thing as kind of mm-hmm. like she wanted to be a heel a little bit, but then I think the crowd just still kept on. The crowd was split both ways, but um, uh-huh. I thought Billy would get a little bit more of a reaction because it's kind of closer to her her um, living area. Um, I think she I right, forgot right. her, but I thought she would kind of get a little bit more. But Sawyer Rick just constantly just is over everywhere she goes and. Uh, yeah, this was a fun match. I enjoyed every minute of it. I know you kind of, they did a little bit fuckery, so I'll let you uh, go with your play-by-play there. Yeah, okay, so I, I kind of, I did a little bit here, but it's not too much. I'll go over my notes for the match, I'll announce the winner, and I'll talk a little bit about one or two things there that you mentioned. Before I go into it, though, I wanted to see if you had uh, noticed, Billy now has the shirt with her bloody face. Remember no. we were talking about how much we think that would be a fantastic shirt? Did she Go wear check it? Check it out when you get a chance. I don't I don't think she oh, wore okay. it. What I think I saw was a Twitter post where they were announcing that some new shirts were coming out, and oh, that was no. one of them. So if I you have a chance, I'd say any fans, check that out. I'm wearing my because... Gringo one right now. <laughs> when Gringo oh, yeah. got the color no good shit, Psycho yeah. Clown, that's the one I'm wearing right now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, and what do I – yeah, I've got my GCW one from the Patreon. So thanks, Patreon, for that one. I really – I love getting those shirts yes. every month, man. It's pretty much my entire wardrobe. <laughs> so be it. But um, Billy was just on AEW Dark Elevation and I think maybe Dark. So was it Dark or Dark Elevation? Correct me, man. I think she's been really on both. On um, she went yeah, against, okay, okay. Because she went, I forgot who the first person she went against, but then I know she went against Britt Breaker on, um, on Dark as well. And that was a fun match to see. Yeah, I, I, I think it's only a matter of time for Billy. I think when it comes to GCW, we need to enjoy her while she's here. I don't think she's going to be around long. I think she has a fantastic face, which is why I really hope we don't see too much color and blood on her because um, that would fuck her up. Imagine seeing someone like her out there at 25 years old and her, you know, her forehead's all, you know, messed up. You know, it'll never get Abdullah style. Oh, my God. People know how to take care of their skin now, but. (laughs) It would probably be a detriment for her to get bloody. Now, again, I think in AEW, I could definitely see her doing it for effect, and I guarantee you it'd work. That's why we talked about her getting that bloody face on a shirt. She she's just I see she had now. the complexion, she had the eyes. It looked good. It looked like somebody who was um, innocent but fucking dangerous. It just looked good. So I'm really happy that she put it out there. So same thing. If you get a chance, go over there and check out what she's got because she's got a bunch of new shit and some of it looks really good. Yeah, the shirt does but, look um, cool. I, I like how they did that shirt when she got all bloodied. So hopefully I can get like 20 cents per shirt. I think that would be pretty cool just for, you know. <laughs> but, Cheap um, just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, I think we all have the same ideas. I just think people catch it differently sometimes. <laughs> Billy grabs a chair in minute one of the match and starts beating Sawyer with it and beats her in the head fucking hard, like a heavy shot. This was a um, this is a more violent start out of Billy Starks than I expected. And I really, really liked it. That chair got turned around and used on Billy just a little bit later. I was noticing that, of course, size is Sawyer's advantage in this match. 
And I also noticed that Billy was really handling it well. If she learns how to always fight uphill like that, she's going to be unstoppable, especially at her young age right now. Sawyer, she needs to perfect that choke slam and make it her finisher. I say that because she does it so well. And she's that tall type of character that when she picks up someone that much shorter, it's going to look fantastic when she has her arm locked in the air at that peak and then brings it down. When I saw her do that choke slam, I'm like, she needs to develop that into the finisher because how many other tall characters have used that choke slam? She's a legit 6'2. She needs to be a giant. I don't know, but not a giant, but she needs to be put into that category because there aren't many like her. And that's why she's in GCW. So that's just a small idea. I think the choke slam, she just does it so damn well. I think it'd be uh, so a perfect finisher for her as well. That's like, uh, uh, yeah, that yeah. Just, as you said, it just goes off people that's uh, wrestlers that we've seen in the past that size that usually kind of is their first finisher that they usually have is that choke slam just because how high they can get them. And I, I think when she did it like to Joey Janela through the doors, I was like, yeah, that's definitely got to mm-hmm. be her finisher because it, it looks good whenever she does it like perfectly like that. As you said, it gets, a, gets the shorter opponents. It looks even better. Yeah, because she's got those long arms, so the extension is just through the roof. And if she came up with a fucking fantastic name for that, even better. It's just, it, it's just, okay, so I'll keep going here because there was some really cool stuff. Sawyer Sabu's a chair into Billy. Again, unexpected, these chair shots to the head, but they do a damn good job of doing it the right way. If you're going to do it, that's the way to do it. Sawyer was getting heavy booze for the door bridge. I'm going to stop right there. Sawyer needs to be a heel. She's a fantastic heel. When you see the crowd flip on her, you see how much she can really she can really pull from heat from the crowd. No shit. They were hanging on the shots. She'd hit Billy and they'd boo. Dude, when you have a chance, definitely go back and watch that. It's inspiring. She needs to go heel. I, I am the exact same way. I've had that thought forever. Like Even when she started kind of... Um, Getting as she got more popular, obviously she started getting a little bit more friendlier with the fans right, and right. doing the face stuff. But I've always thought the same exact way. She needs to be kind of like that menacing heel because just I we haven't seen anyone her size yet in GCW, and I think she needs to use that size to her advantage as a heel and get the heat that um, that's needed, especially going against like Billy Starks. Like this was a perfect baby face versus heel. I just wish she would have played more heel during this match, but. The crowd, as you said, started getting it at the end, started like totally going against her. But I've always I've always had that same thought. She needs to stay healed because until she gets to like maybe going against a man or uh, like if she got in that rumble, gets a bigger opponent, then you could kind mm-hmm. of play up her as a baby face. Then. But I just think her crowd reactions got so loud and got in her head that she kind of like they don't really ever go for the most part face heel like um some of the uh, some of the wrestlers do in GCW. Like Mason's like never going to get cheered on, but like we've seen some wrestlers get cheered, <laughs> some booed, cheered and booed. But I just wish she would stick to the heel because I think it would work better for her overall for her character. Dude, Sawyer was building a door bridge and was getting heavy boos just on building a fucking door bridge. Like the sympathy card was just so played in this one, and it's not like they tried. The fans turned. They were really happy to see Sawyer wreck when they came, when she came out. And then she goes out there, the match is going on, and I don't know what the hell happened, but at some point, they took offense to her beating on Billy. 
that was really fun to see. I love that dynamic. It really threw the match off a little bit. You even see Sawyer almost like smile. You know? I, and deep down, that may have been a nervous smile. See, I, I know. I thought it maybe it threw her off guard because I was. Uh, I saw. I, what I saw during the match is like one of the fans when she was like trying to get all the doors for the bridge. One of the fans as she was like walking to the other side of the ring to get a couple chairs to put up the door. The one of the fans said something to her and like she just turned around and started yelling at him. But you could tell like it's kind of like oh shit like I don't want that shut up like kind of like right right. She, I don't know maybe she doesn't like getting booed like at, per se. I just think it kind of caught her off guard. Well, I think she needs to be feared. I'm not kidding. I think that she can go out there and be a wrecking ball if she wants to, because who else would what Kong? I mean, come on, you have to really go out there to find a wrecking ball. She's not thick. And, you know, Sawyer's not one of those people where she just, you know, she has these arms that no, she's a normal lady who happens to be tall, which is fantastic. So with what she has and who she is, and the expectations that comes with her size, I just stick by it as an idea. It should be a fantastic heel. I thousand percent agree. I've repeated myself a nope. hundred times, but hey, thousand percent agree though. And I'm a big, big, uh, big fan of happy endings. And I was really happy at the fact they hug at the end of the show and Sawyer carried Billy out of the ring. I thought it was just touching, and GCW does it quite a bit where. I think we saw Kiku one time uh, walk out w- with Effie and they were holding hands. Yeah, it's I'm skipping. A fan of the cute <laughs> it's cute. Uh, that, I don't, that's what I have to say about this one. What do you think? I don't remember if we did say a winner or not. Uh, I, I know we were Hell talking. No, I, I could never think that far ahead. <laughs> I, must say, I remember we were talking about the building of the the doors and chairs, but I don't think we yeah, ever said yeah. it. Uh, Sorry, Rec does uh, end up chokeslamming Billy uh, through the doors and picks up the victory, but... Even right afterwards, you see, like, she has that menacing face, like, I just did yeah. that, and, like, perfect, but then she go, turns around and starts smiling again. I I think she works better as a heel, and just, and she's still pretty green, I think. I don't know how long, but, like, I know it's no, in the la- it's been less than a year since she's been this over and being used this much, and I think now she'll start to find her niche as her character and how she wants it to be uh, as the time goes on. And I would like to see her held back on her appearances. So when she comes out, like I said, with that heel character, she's feared. She's a wrecking ball. It would be fantastic if she's always a surprise entrant somewhere. It would just be kind of cool. I thought she was going to be like kind of uh, on Charles Mason's side to kind of go against uh, Ali Catch and stuff. That was a, when that yeah. whole storyline first started playing out. Like more and more so in JCW um, near like the middle of last year, and Mason was messing with all Charlie Evans and um, Billy Starks, and that I thought for sure he would kind of hire Sawyer Wreck and have Sawyer Wreck be part of the Mason's Mercenaries. I, could still possibly happen, but I think that would be a good role suited for her right now. So the nice thing about Sawyer is that she's young. So everything we're talking about is quite capable of happening. And at some point or another may very well happen. We might not see it next week. It could be a year or two from now. You never know. But she's the future and I love her. I think she's great. I don't want to spend my time just saying how I'd like to change her. I actually just wanted to say she's that capable is what... Maybe that's the best way to put it. I love what she's doing. I think she's fantastic. She plays the crowd quite a bit. That's good and bad sometimes. As a face, I've noticed sometimes it takes away from her wrestling in the ring. Sometimes there's too much stalling, which if written right, 
the heel can get her every single time for that. And I think if it's written that way, that could be one of her, uh, one of her Achilles spot on. Yeah, yeah, no spot on like that, that I agree with everything there because I, I think the same way, like the stalling tactics more for the heels. And I think she plays to the crowd too much a little bit as a face. Like she's soaking it, which is fine. She's enjoying herself. She's having fun. And we always say we like the rush. And I love fun. crowd interaction. Yeah. I love crowd interaction. So I'm not against that too. No, I'm the same way. I just think it does take away like a little bit with her um, in the ring because she plays to the crowd, which is fine. She, like I said, it's something she wants everyone happy. Exactly. Yeah. It's a big fucking party, man. If everybody's <laughs> out there, you know, yelling your name and they're happy to see you. You can't help but smile. Yeah, you, know? you can't help. And it. then you do something amazing. I don't care if it's music or anything. You do something amazing, and they cheer the shit out of you for it. You have nothing better to do than smile, look at everybody, be thankful. And I think the fact that she is thankful shows. I, I'm guessing that's what it is. Maybe she's just so damn thankful it shows. Um, flip side, Billy Starks, man. I'm gonna say it again. I think she's gone. It's only a matter of time. She's getting picked up somewhere. I enjoy her. I'll yeah. say it again over and over. Enjoy her while you can because I, get those autographs, get the merch now because everything else will be licensed under AEW in a couple years, if not a hell of a lot earlier. She's already on the radar. She's gone. Her work ethic is fantastic. She's learning Japanese. I mean, she's doing everything that a wrestler should do up to and including completely busting her ass traveling this past year. Like, like we've said before on earlier shows, she's been fucking everywhere everywhere you can see her on three different four different companies sometimes a week yep jeez i hope she kind of goes and is used uh, heavily in the new ring of honor in the women's division i think she would be a nice especially at this young of age like i don't think there's enough tv time for her on AEW programming but for sure ring of honor is looking for i'm gonna assume more women and stuff like that because like i've only seen two or three it's always some mercedes martinez athena or well willow nightingale and i think billy would be a nice young pillar quote unquote for the for the ring of honor uh women's division and kind of start building her up towards ring uh aw but you could use her in the meantime over these next year two three however long they want her to until they they think she's perfect for tv and i think like ring of honor would be a perfect way and she, i think she'll fit in right now it's not like she's i don't think she needs any more like quote-unquote development i just think she needs just more ring time and camera time to get over with the yep. fans and i think you'll be able to see what she really brings to the table in ring of honor for our sixth matchup of the evening it is Adam Priest going against Tony Deppin. And I know you have this right there on your notes, too. I had the same exact thing when I first Let's saw the match announced. I was looking forward to seeing Priest rolling around yes. with Tony Deppin. This was going to be one of those technical, hard-hitting matches instead of like the all the flippy shit this is one that i think was perfect for this crowd and this card and where it was placed um so glad to see priest in gcw i think he needs to i think they should use him more and tony deppin was a perfect opponent for him in this match and they Mm -hmm. had a fantastic match this was low-key one of my favorite matches on this night okay so when it comes to matchups fans who know know that's the best way to put it. I looked at this matchup. I'm like, oh, this could be very good, very quick. There's a lot of dynamite in that ring between the two of them. Yeah, it's just it was an explosion waiting to happen. It was just which one was going to fucking blow first. Priest wrestles like he has an amateur background. I don't really want to tear too much into it. But if you've ever watched a high school wrestling match or a, an amateur wrestling match, maybe even at a college, there's that kind of hunch over 
and have your hands open. It's like the old school wrestling style. Ready. Always ready. <laughs> yes, always ready. That's what he seems to have, and I've noticed that. Also, the fans were back and forth. We had a Tony Deppin chance. We had Fuck You Priest chance. I also noticed that Tony was making fun of Adam's height, and he goes to get on his knees to fight him. That was different because Tony is just an average size guy. <laughs> exactly. So for him to fuck around with Adam, like, mm, he was really pissing off Adam. I thought the same thing too. I'm like, Tony, you're what? Maybe an inch or two taller than him. Calm down. And like Adam, average size guy. Yeah. And Adam's got a nice size build where it's nothing to uh, shy away just because he's a little bit shorter than you. But that's just the asshole Tony Deppin plays off. And then it was very grudge like because they didn't do as much interaction with the crowd. And you could uh, you could even see that it was more like the crowd was confused as to who the favorite was. It was a lot of gray area because these two were really more interested in fighting uh, in this match than they were about giving the fans drama. So really, you could see the crowd almost kind of decide who did they hate least. That was mostly who they were cheering for was who did they hate least. Um, both men tried to fuck over each other because they're both heels. They did similar moves and that was really fun to watch. It was a great spot and it was two heels. So we're talking two heels doing comedy and it really went well. You saw it yeah, too, man, right? That was one of my favorite parts, like especially near the beginning when they went, both went to go kick each other and then they grabbed each other's foot and then they kind of danced around hopping on one foot. And then they're like, okay, <laughs> on three, we're going to put your foots down. And then they go one, two, and then they both lift up at the same time. Like, wait, you said, it. put it like, yeah, I loved, as you said, the comedy, sma- comedy, I didn't expect comedy this match at all. I expected right. just as a hard hitting technical, like Tony protecting his yard, Adam saying, I should be here. I should be in your spot you, like not you and I, I had like a two just pit bull dogs like fighting over territory of that was my expectation during this match and we got it but I'm also glad we got the comedy spots as well because those were those were the things that stood out really the most to me during this match mm-hmm. was as you said they were both heels both wanted to do underhanded tactics they both had the same game plan and they both went for the moves at the same time but they both were like oh okay yeah i forgot you're on the same pl- you're on the same wavelength as i am and they're just trying to still one up each other and i loved that during this whole match mixed in with the great technical wrestling that we got during this match fucking tony deppin he goes your mother sucks eggs the fucking fan goes she's dead he's like good yeah, i must say did he say like good like i was like oh when he said good i was like oh shit tony's going in <laughs> there were a lot of holds from priest because both of these guys can fucking wrestle and they showed it it wasn't a show-off kind of thing it was just the fundamentals were so crisp and clear between both of them they really worked well together also i used to love the name the alabama slamma so for me, the Alabama Jam from Adam Priest, I thought was a really cool name for a move. Uh, I think I would after seeing this match, I wouldn't mind seeing these two kind of be a tag team. I think these would be nice, <clears> kind <throat> of like old school. They're, when I was watching, I thought of the old um, was it the world's greatest tag team, Shelton Benjamin, and Charlie Haas, just the way they wrestled mm-hmm. and moved around the ring. That's like the more technical uh, amateur wrestling. That's what I really saw in this match. I was like, oh, and they both are kind of play off good heel work i i definitely would like to kind of see these two going working together as a team um at some point maybe even just to go against like the east west express or some other baby face group where they could do a lot of fun of uh stuff as heels but with some of this comedies that they've shown during this match as well i like how each of them were trying to basically like be the bigger dick they're trying yep. to outdick each other in the match <laughs> freaking great 
This was yeah, this was a fun match. I enjoyed every bit of like I I'm all for technical wrestling. Like this like I know it doesn't it gets a bad rap sometimes, but like I think just that's what GCW does. They'll throw give us the high spots, they'll give us the fun comedy match, they'll give us the Sawyer Wreck versus Billy, they'll give us the fuckery later on with Los Macisos. And I think this kind of wrestling fits in with there as to kind of stretch out everything and space everything out and these two were uh, Priest was actually way better during this match than I expected. Like I've seen a little bit of Priest here and there. For, I forgot which company. Um, he's he's kind of like I think all over the place too, or maybe I just seen him on two different ones, um, wrestling against people. But this matchup with Tony was just a perfect stylic stylistic matchup, and they both excelled and had a great match. Okay, so with the surprise win, Adam Priest with the DDT. This is that spot you were talking about where it was kind of a surprise. GCW keeping us on our toes. I like this win. You know, in the background, you know, wins don't matter. But this was nice to see. It was showing that, you know, Tony Deppin went over there and put out Adam, uh, put over Adam Priest. Like, And that's one I could see him putting over, like, because he's there. Yeah. Like I said, they're so, as we were saying, they're he's so legit. similar. Yeah. And he's that. Uh, he, that's the stamp of approval of, yeah, let's, I'll, I'll take the loss for him just to put him over because I, I really enjoy his work. And uh, Tony Depp, and he, even though he is the asshole, we, we can notice uh, he does have a heart <laughs> deep down in there. We just have to dig very deep to find it. Well, well I was surprised. Head cousin. We're, we're, we don't like him sometimes, but you know what? We still love him. Every once in a while, they'll do something small that makes you go, oh, that was thoughtful, as they throw your hat into the river. Yeah, you (laughs) notice. So did you notice he was getting Tony Chance on the way out of the ring? Yeah. Funny thing, he grabbed somebody's fucking hat. (laughs) And now it's becoming more funny than it is, like, people don't boo as much anymore. Now they find this shit hilarious. And And I still like that. Yeah, and I still love watching the fans. Like, as Tony walks around, you see all the fans, like, with hats. They kind of put their hats down <laughs> on their chest or they hold their hats. Like, that's what I was thinking, too. Like, when I go oh, when, for great. the collective, I'm going to have to uh, keep my sunglasses in the car and bring up a backup hat so that way uh, yep. he could throw two hats of mine. Yeah, I thought that shit was fucking hilarious. Um, same thing. When I go with my little crew, I'm going to be like, oh, put the, put the hats down. <laughs> like, shit's going to be gone if you, if you don't... Uh, if you're not careful like, so uh I was, anything else you have to say about this one because okay, it was really it. impressive and sorry well, <laughs> no i'll just say no, that we're talking the... over we're, see that we're on the same wavelength tonight so <laughs> right. we're both talk- sorry man okay you go to town this time no i was just gonna add like a, you said one last thing like i was shocked that adam like when it first happened i was like wait was that a mess up was it supposed to happen but then i it, real quick we thought as we just talked about like no that's tony saying like i respect yeah. your work and putting them over but uh yeah that's it that was pretty much it i had two other that's things what I going, I I like, ah. yeah he's just <laughs> in home territory so it was nice to see depp and do the job yeah for our seventh matchup of the evening it is cole radrick going against alley catch and this was one i think both wrestlers needed the momentum um i think alley catch needs a little bit more just because of the storyline going on with mason i am um, and Cole's kind of still recovering from losing the extreme title. So I was very interested, like really to who was going to win this match and who they thought needed to uh, the reheat, as they say, and kind of get uh, restarted to get the momentum back going into the collective. And I was also wondering, too, how much uh, fuckery would be used during this match. And not really <laughs> any, surprisingly, but 
this was fun. And this kind of got, was able to give Cole and Alley Catch a way to show off their, actually, I think they're like complimentary styles um, with everything, but like, especially their groundwork. I think they did really good groundwork during this match um, at the beginning. And this was fun. It was a fun, enjoyable match. And um, the crowds, the crowd seemed, once again, split from Ratty Daddy and Alley yeah, Catch. And, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I wonder too if maybe like I know it seems like the last three matches we said to wish somebody would go heel, go heel, go heel. I wonder if Cole Radrick would maybe kind of uh needs to start doing mm-hmm. a little bit more heel work too. Because like, I don't know. It seems like he's not getting as he was hot for a while, but now he's kind of died down. I know we've kind of talked about how he's always he's wanting to improve and he's hitting the gym and he's that, yeah he says he's learning new techniques and stuff and like I always talk about the striking because that's what he seems to be posting kickboxing and MMA strikes. He loves MMA. Yeah and we've been seeing a little bit more of that as he, these matches have gone on lately but I think maybe that will kind of help his uh, if he does decide to go hill character more of a less fan friendly move but a uh, move set but a more hard striking technical smash mouth move set i think that would fit kind of cool Radrick perfect Ooh, that's a good way to put that man and maybe it is time for him to turn heel there's something there yeah i just i know there's something there we've seen him heal before he does excellent work yeah and when he's bloody especially man that effect kicks in even more when you when you give him the chance he can almost look crazy Oh yeah, looks like he's there's a screw loose. I mean, he, he like one of his hobbies, a hobby is the doing the demolition derby. So obviously a, a screw's loose somewhere in there to enjoy that ah, kind of car wrecks. That's <laughs> that redneck shit right there. Yeah, I'm in there. I'm in there with him on that. I get it. I used to actually go watch that at the oh, really? county fairs. Oh fuck yeah, dude! The demolition derby. You get to go and watch cars fucking hit each other. You don't get to see a car wreck often, right? Oh, you have no idea. No, I'm not kidding. If it comes into town and it's actually kind of semi-air conditioner and good, like, not 110, I'd definitely go with you. Like, it's so much fun because you're watching car wrecks. Like, I mean, real fucking hits. And it was a lot cooler back in the day in, like, the 70s and 80s because the cars weren't fiberglass. So I'm talking metal-on-metal tank. Like, two Oldsmobiles hitting was fucking hard. Yeah, no. yeah, man. Yeah, that's some good shit. I have to check one. Any, out. Anyway, anyway, yeah, we'll have to start a podcast on that one too. <laughs> uh, Alice comes out to some new music. She's out to Lady Gaga now. I think that's something that was a long time coming. She's a huge fan, so you know it, it just made sense. It was a good match. Someone had a catch scratch fever sign. Um, I just want to make a shout out to that because I thought it was a nice little, like nice it. little sign there. Good thinking. Uh, Holy shit. At one point here, Ratty pulls out the one inch punch. This thing's devastating, dude. <laughs> I, I love was it. really surprised. And it's been a while since we've seen it, too. So Allie goes ahead and decides to pull one out and return. I, I haven't seen a good standoff in a while. So, I'm waiting uh, for like the office one where, like, you know, they get the three people. Like, I, somebody make a move. Like, I want to yep, see three people yep. about to do the one inch punch to each other. <laughs> I like how Ali sold it too. Like, when she's on the ground, oh, like, yes. her body's like convulsing. <laughs> they remind me kind of like when Finn Balor was like still the demon and like he was knocked out cold in one match. And then you just see like the lights start flickering in the music and his body starts like convulsing on the ground, like he's reviving <laughs> from the dead. And that's what when Ali Catch was doing that during this match, that's the first thing I thought of. And that's used to see Cole in the. Cole in the background laughing at it and pointing to the crowd. It was, it was, that was a fun little spot, that one. Okay, so I'm going to say this. I'm going to kind of echo you because it makes... I'm going to make a couple little small points here. They really did a lot of wrestling here. Fuck all the weapons. They put on a wrestling match, and it looked good. Both of them, they looked fantastic. 
I even wrote in my notes, these two are wrestling boots on the ground, punch for punch, move for move. They're working well together. There was a spot where Cole hit a corner 619. That was different. We don't see that often from him, but he was obviously, you know, feeling his Wheaties that day. He had a big breakfast because he was really doing it. Uh, Raddy got booed. He was starting to get booed at one point. The Southern fans are old school. So it's possible that don't beat up on the girl is what they're thinking. So he still has fans out there, but they're way less tonight. So if we were there, of course, we'd be cheering him on. We'd be one of those. But yeah, man, it got to a point to where he'd hit Allie and they just boo. You saw that. The crowd, the crowd was like, uh, during this match, uh, other than the main event, I thought this was, the the crowd was really hot during this part of this match. Because you yeah. said, I, and I, I was thinking the same way. It's like easy, simple of um, cheering on Alley Catch. As you said, don't hit the woman, protect the woman and Cole. Yep. Like, even though he's the fan favorite, I think he expected to get booed as well. during the, As this match kind of played out, um, He, as you said, they started the boos coming. But you see them kind of look like, why boo me? And I think he could use that to his advantage as he's starting to turn heel. It's like, guys what have mm-hmm. i done that like you're starting to boo me like uh-huh I, I don't know i just think he could use that i kind know of where cockiness. you're going yeah i like it because what happens is he could take rejection and instead of turning it into sadness he turns it into anger and it's and a aggression. big fuck you and, and, it could, and yes and I could, that's where i could see him using that mma style of yes. hey fuck you try to please this fans obviously you guys turn your back against me or started to turn your back so instead of you just letting you have control of the situation i'm going to just turn my back on you guys i don't need you i'm not going to give you the cool moves that you guys want to see the sebastian's curse the the springboard cutter i'm just going to keep it simple do my mma kickboxing and and be more aggressive with it I, that's the kind of version i want to see of ratty daddy now and i think um we're starting to see a little bit here and there uh, of that happening. Okay, so I don't know if I can remember maybe the main event, but the fans were most invested in this match. Yep. The cheering and the booing on Cole's strikes. Okay, don't you dare hit Allie was kind of what everybody was saying here. And yeah, I really liked it. Our winner in this one ended up being Cole Radrick with little Sebastian's curse, which that's his <laughs> finisher, man. I really like it. I like it. Too. He used to have a, um, it's not a finisher, but he had that backpack pile driver. If you get a chance, yeah. look at that. Yeah, I like that backpack driver on truth. Cause he did it in a cool way. Like when he did like the arm, he would like do the arm bar first and then wrap the body around. Like he did it yep. so smoothly he, to get into that position. It wasn't like a forced position. He, the, he used like, I can't exactly. They didn't stand there and lock arms. Exactly. They made it look natural. Yep. As a natural progression of the move of, hey, I'm using the arm bar. Like, you know how they used to go, like, they do the old school arm bar, like, behind you, and, like, they're trying to reach back and get him, but you can't because yep. your arm's around you. Like, that's how we used to kind of get into it. And I, I really enjoyed when he was doing that because he was so smooth doing that backpack stunner, getting into it that way. Uh, but I think Alley Catch in this match looked good. I think this match was good for both of them. I think this was like a uh, nice, smooth, not really a lot of mess ups. The pacing of this match was good. And I think this was a matchup that was perfect for both of these competitors because, like I was saying at the beginning of this match, I think they both needed this kind of outing and this kind of match to kind of get their feet back on the ground, get the momentum behind them. But the way this match played out, I thought it was smooth and perfect for both of them. And even though Alley Catch took the loss, I think she definitely uh, showed not improvement, but snapped back into old Alley Catch form and, and Alley Catch's uh, wrestling form. And I hopefully this will start getting her some momentum moving forward, going into the collective as well. And Cole Radrick definitely needed the win to get some momentum back as well. 
that heat was fucking nasty after the win he's getting booed like i didn't even know how to react because it's been so damn long since i'd seen him get such heat uh he even goes for the handshake on ali trying to make up you know ali hits him with the one inch punch he goes down automatically um a fan tells ready to get the fuck out of there and cole knocks his hat off that's so like maybe I said. that's a little it's possible. Like I said, I, I was feeling heel cold this match, especially during uh, when you know that's part where he always like tells the wrestler stop and then punches him or slaps him. So nobody the punch. Like he did that to Ali, and the way that Ali just sold it and crumpled to the ground, and then the crowd started booing the shit out of him. Then too, he's like, "What? Come on!" She fell for it. Like mm-hmm. I think he has the natural heel like he the natural heels in him and i just think i want to see yes. it fully unleashed more than what we saw prior but i think the timing was right for him to kind of start working more baby face because of that crowd reaction in ac you want to capitalize on it so i just think the timing now is to get away from the 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 face the baby face and kind of start more moving into the heel i think it could kind of start fitting in here look at us we're turning two people heel we're turning man. like i think i turned three or four people here lately i'm uh, i'm turning everybody into assholes i mean heels yeah 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 <laughs> that's it's really cool though um what it is to me it's like when you're looking at a picture and you can change the black and white to the opposite color i think that's kind of what i see when it when you have a heel situation you're like Oh, yeah, this face, you know, I like to see the reaction of the people too. like Blake Christian has a hard time sometimes when the fans are not reacting the way he wants to. We've seen that before. It's not against detriment. I'm just saying he's a good example of how someone can sometimes have a rough time with it. He handles it well now, but we've seen it before. He handles it well. Um, But um, once again, I think I've ran out of all I had to say. I'm not very professional tonight, am I? Nah, this was fun though. Okay. I, I loved it, like especially at the at the end when Cole Roger gets the win and he's like telling the ref, like, okay, hold on, before he raised my hand, let me listen to the crowd. And then they raise a hand, he hears all the booze. He's like, okay, hold on, take me to that uh-huh. corner. I'll get I'll get cheered over there and then booed again. He's like, what the hell? And then yeah, when he uh, took the one inch punch from uh, Alley Catch and the way he sold it too was pretty funny. Like it was a fun match. I think this, like I said, I, I was just saying, this was a perfect match with those two to get them back on track. And I, I'm now very interested to see where both go into the collective. I think this match was perfect for what they were both competitors have been through lately in GCW with the wins and losses. I think this was a perfect reset, show the crowd what you guys really have. And they both came out uh, in the positive in my mind going into this match. For our eighth matchup of the evening. Oh my God, I hope I don't mess up this name here. It is okay. So Christian Haim. There we go, Christian Haim. That's that's the best way to put it. So I actually put it over here in my notes and quotations. No bullshit. It was because I was having such a hard time. I wanted to say Haimi. I was gonna say Haim. A Y M. Oh, geez. instead yeah, of Haim, like I was Haim. gonna say Haim. Yeah, exactly. That's where I was going for. That's what I was like. Oh, I hope I don't butcher this one. <laughs> yeah. So I kept saying, and the problem was this. Over here is Corey Hollis. So the '80s in me kept accidentally saying Corey Haim. Uh, it's like the 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 yeah the Corys back in the yeah yeah showing my age again but yeah Christian Haim versus Corey Hollis and I I don't know I didn't I was lost here I didn't know I never heard of these two guys 
I was like, okay, the one looked good. Um, I forgot who it was, Corey Hollis. Yeah, Corey Hollis. I think he had a good look for rest, a rest, like wrestling. I liked his look. Liked uh, mm-hmm. the red on black. Of course, that's one of my favorite colors too. And he looked like he was in there to handle business. And as this match kind of played out, that's who I just found myself cheering for during this match because this seemed like it was just two wrestlers from the south, like uh, that were just given the time to wrestle on GCW and. I had no idea what to expect, and it was all right. It wasn't crazy, and but heading into the main event, as we kind of talk about pacing of the card, I thought it was kind of a good match to kind of get the crowd rested and ready to start cheering and screaming for the main event because the main event uh, was obviously the one match I was looking forward to. But Corey Hollis was pretty good. Christian Haim, I like how his moveset was a little... Um, he had a couple moves in there that I've never seen before. Like he had a little trouble getting into it here and there, but I think if there was it came out smooth, I'd like uh I like those moves a lot better. But I just like the creativity of some of the stuff that he did. So yeah, this was a local fight between two different people. Um I was interested in what these two would bring because I had no you know, I had no foreknowledge on either of them. Christian trained Corey Hollis. So they are familiar with each other. This is really interesting. And I think they were also saying that Corey is a Southpaw, which makes it really interesting to wrestle. But again, because he's trained him, they're going to be familiar in that sense. This was Christian's first match back in a long time. He had retired, I believe, and then unretired. So that's what I believe was going on here. Hollis was playing heel. He called someone slap nuts. I had to mention it. I'm just, yeah, it was fucking hilarious. I didn't think I'd hear that in 2023. Nice touch, bro. (laughs) Christian had a nice backflip off the second rope onto the floor. Um, what's up, my man? I was going to say, so sorry. did you think of hearing Jeff Jarrett say slap nuts in the year 2023 on national television? Exactly. <laughs> on TNT of all places? Like, what what world are we living in a wrestling now? Dude, it's really interesting because he's been so busy going all over the place. AEW, WWE, oh, last year, yeah. GCW. <laughs> um, that I don't paper. know what it's about, but I like it. He was getting I all like that paper it. from all the companies last year. So... This match was used to highlight Christian being fresh out of retirement. It was his return match. This match really stayed in the ring. It was outside very little. And it was also a very quick match. It only went about eight minutes. And I believe this is more of a feel-good moment. Christian was just getting out there, getting his feet back underneath him. You can tell he was not to where he normally was. And that's perfectly fine. We knew exactly what was going on. And um, that's perfectly fine. It was a standard locals match. It was a nice setup for the main event. And I think it was well-placed overall in the card. But our winner overall ended up being Christian Haim with a body drop. And I honestly don't know the name of the move. And I know it was definitely something that was unique to him with a name. But I didn't catch the name on the broadcast, just to be fair. Yeah, I didn't catch it either because at this point it was uh, super late and I had the sound off. (laughs) Sound off. That's okay. And then Emil comes out after the match here, and he announces that GCW will be coming back to Huntsville on Saturday, June 24th. I'm really looking forward to it. I think Huntsville was really welcoming to GCW, and I think the local talent was damn good. Yeah, uh, I'm excited, especially the how loud the crowd was, especially during the main event. I think right there solidified yeah. that, yeah, I hope they do go back to Huntsville because the crowd definitely earned it at the end. Um as the main event, they were on their feet and loud right from the get-go. <laughs> well, it's like a bright light, dude. When the, when the thing's turned on, it's on. And that's what happened with these fans. They politely clapped. They would watch. But when the fans were turned on, like when they were heavily invested, 
you could hear them. Man, they were they were quite vocal when they wanted to be. That's for sure, and I I love it. That's everything about wrestling I love. And in the main event of GCW's Take a Picture, it is a tag team match for the GCW Tag Team Titles, as Los Macizo, Ciclope, and Medio Extremo defend the tag titles against the East-West Express of Jordan Oliver and Nick Wayne. And I just wanted to say I thought it was very cool ending the night with this uh, title match. We've seen a couple other cards where Los Macisos defended. That's the only belt being defended, but it's like in the second, third, fourth match. So having this one be in the main event, I thought was pretty cool. Made it feel made it feel special. It made it feel like a big-time fight, in my opinion. Um and when Nick Wayne was being announced and he was announced as the Prince of the Pacific Northwest, I thought that was pretty cool yeah. as well. That was like something that I enjoyed a lot. Um, but yeah, it just felt it felt like they were putting the tag titles on a pedestal during this card, at, like I said, with the main event. And I enjoyed it and I liked it. And I think mm-hmm. Los Macisos are two main eventers, in my opinion, that are the GCW tag titles. So they should be main eventing uh, a card if they're defending the belts and no other titles on the line. I definitely think those two have definitely earned it uh, in their time and since their return from GCW. And before this match started, I felt it was like... I was kind of feeling that this would be kind of Brett and Los Macisos and GCW kind of paying tribute to Jay and Mark Briscoe of letting the tag brothers of Los Macisos kind of putting over young talents in Jordan and Nick Wayne and maybe having them win the tag titles because um, I heard in a couple different recent interviews on Twitter, like everyone saying that's what Jay loved to do. He loved giving back to the younger to the younger wrestlers he loved putting them over oh. he loved talking about them and especially the like even though los Vecisos are the brother co- tag team combinations he also said he loves like when brothers are doing it because that you can't be a tag you can't find a better tag team partner than your actual brother and right i, I just thought maybe as a kind of a nice little way to pay tribute to the briscoes and and i thought it was time not just just because the passing of Jay Briscoe, that's why I think the East West Express should win. I just thought the timing was kind of good for it. And with everything, I thought that was kind of like the story that was going into this match. Um, and as we talk about it, we'll see how right or wrong I was. But I just loved everything pre-match. I was I was enjoying. The crowd was hot. The the right before the even opening bell rang, you're hearing new champs, new champs. And I yep. yeah, I was loving it. This crowd was into it. This was obviously this is my kind of match. It's Jordan. It's Los Macisos. It's Nick Wayne. And I thought this was an incredible match. What was your thoughts on this match, John? My thoughts are what happens when the fans make their push for East West undeniable? What happens when half of the match is just new champs, new champs. It could happen. And it's possible. These, these kids are so young and they're so well liked and it's very just it's very possible also being so young i'm really surprised they're not doing more with that younger demographic with girls you need to get tag team merch printed as soon as possible because there is so much money to be had there the red and white looks so good like it means danger they're young but they're dangerous as hell it's like a great way to put it and again they're out in their gear they're all decked out they've got the rock and roll express they got the tassels going on and you know it really looks good, and I'm not going to lie. I love both of these tag teams. I would have loved to have seen a change, but at the same time, 
I was just talking this last episode, I think, where we need to celebrate the third title reign of Los Macisos as being a fucking legit title reign. Yeah, for sure. And I was talking to, uh, we were, but uh, talking with uh, someone on Twitter about like how they announced like the upcoming matchup of Los Macisos against Motor City Machine Guns and possibly uh having the east west express climbing back up the ladder again but i'm like they've right. done they've been through that too many times they've they've had that ladder they've climbed up it only just to be shit on and that's where i loved that mlj made a great comment of the history the recent history of the gcw tag team titles and made mention of all the, the, the not all the times the two times that the east west express have been announced to go against them and Never actually got that opportunity, so for them to finally have it, he I think he made mention that like Jordan and Nick have to capitalize on this because obviously with everything going on in GCW's tag division, we never know when they might ever get this opportunity again. And I think that was kind of a hint too with uh, Nick Wayne of maybe he will be gone here soon because he might yeah. not get another opportunity. And that's where I feel too, as you said. I think the timing was right for them to put it on East West Express because. Nick Wayne, just like Billy starts, they're just what, maybe a couple months away from high school where Nick Wayne will be gone. And I think it would be kind of cool to see him have some hardware around his waist while he ends, possibly ends his GCW run before he goes to AEW full time. So, um, yeah, it was just cool. MLJ making mention of the history. Um, I'm kind of torn here. I'm not going to lie. I never counterpoint too often. I think it's maybe, I mean, they could handle it. But from a maturity level, given the importance of the belt, I think they're still about six months or so away from the belt in my eyes, only because I'm still seeing them develop in such a way that I think they'll deserve it more as they solidify themselves more as a team, because those moves look so damn good. I do want to see them hold the titles. I do hope it's soon. I want to see it before Nick Wayne is gone. Um... I don't know. I don't know what else I could really say about it. It's just those were my opinions without any notes, without anything. Just counterpoint. They're going to be ready soon. And you're just saying pretty much you're ready now to get them going. And that's that's actually fair, too. I believe they very well could handle it right now if given to them. Yeah, my thing was I think they've earned it by this point, and I think gotcha. What as you said, they're always going to keep on improving. I would just like to kind of I think now because. In my opinion, like I said, they've deserved it. They've been on fire, and the way this crowd was chanting, I thought mm-hmm. there was—I thought there was no way they would lose. And I just think they would be—it would be fun watching them continue to grow as the tag champions. I think they've done enough to, in my opinion, I think they've done enough to take the belts now. But I also get what you're saying—they're going—they're going only going to get better in six months, and then they're going to be, as uh, we want to quote Cody Rhodes, then they're going to be undeniable, like they, <laughs> like. Uh, Right now, they might be the undesirable, but then they're definitely going to be undeniable if they keep on progressing as they are now as a tag team where you cannot have them not be the tag champions because the crowd is getting more and more behind them and they're mm-hmm. improving more and more. And I just think, as you said, it's going to be... Yeah, I, I don't know. That's The timing's here nor there because it is also independent wrestling, but... Um, I, I just think they're just each time they just get more incredible and and show more moves and more chemistry and more uh they're more in sync with everything as well. So I do like seeing the growth happen right in front of our eyes. What's really happening here is that they're becoming important enough to be on every episode. We both sure. agree with that. Yep. We both agree that the fans would be much happier 
if we knew that those two would be featured somewhere on the card at night because or of the night because they deliver the fans love them they have great moves that other people aren't doing that uniqueness is what gets people over i don't want to think too far ahead because i always worry about what happens to that tag team but what they have if they were given five years would be something that in the old days 40 years ago would solidify them in such a way that uh, they would be an unstoppable force between the two of them. Interestingly enough, just like Janetti, Shawn Michaels, and I'm not putting them, you know, they're much closer in uh, talent than Janetti and Shawn Michaels. And they were both talented in their own way, but huh, I don't know. These two deserve to get something here soon in my eyes, but we both, yeah, we both agree. I found, I've just talked a big circle, but we both agree they should be on TV every week. There's somebody I'd like to see on a regular basis and um, they're growing and it's really nice to see something fresh. Yeah. And this, this was another classic match. Like one of the best tag matches I've seen GCW have based off of, um, I think the biggest one, the best one I saw was the Briscoes SGC, but I, I rate this right up there. And I, I might be a little bit more biased too. Cause I was at that one. Cause, but that one, the energy that whole match had was incredible, but watching this match on fight tv plus like it was it felt the same way like i felt the same way watching this at from home as i did watching briscoes versus sgc in person because the crowd was so hot so behind them they were behind macisos too like like if it wasn't a new champs chant it was los macisos chant and i i think they've once again showed off like what they could do as a tag team ciclope and miedo like they're killing it as a tag team, and I just think they could ease as singles competitors be main eventers as well. So definitely not taking this title uh, title run that they're having for granted. Okay, I want to stop to kind of talk about something real quick because it came into my head, and I don't think it's something I've said before. So this is where you know I like I said I repeat myself every now and then. But when it comes to how I would book the East West situation, um. The reason why I would hold them off, I wanted to kind of explain myself because it hit me in the head and I went, oh my gosh, if you have ever watched a tag team that you feel really deserves it, um, there's this static that comes with anticipation. You always get it in your body, that nervous energy, the butterflies come. East West Express is well-deserving and they're going to be on their way. I think that the fans who are casual need to know what we know. It's it's going to be time soon. They're deserving. The smart fans are just one spot. But when you can get the casual fans to also know, hey, you got to get behind these kids. It's time. I think that could be a four to six month build and be put on a major show. I think East West should win their first title on a major show, you know, a collective show spring break somewhere in there i hope I like so i hope so. in that case that's well that's what i'm saying <laughs> this is a this is a this is a for gcw this is their wrestlemania this is a wrestlemania match yeah the minute sure. these kids take a fucking belt from the tag team champs whoever the tag team champs are the roof's gonna blow off the place if it's booked properly like i i could definitely see these two teams going against each other at the collective, either with the world on Lucha, just because they, and even though they're not technically Lucha, but they kind of lend it. They did a lot of high flying moves and stuff. Yeah, they could hang with everything. Or Joey Janela Spring Break. And I just, like, once you said that, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm fine. Uh, but yeah, please put the belt on East West Express in uh, the collective as I will be there front <laughs> row. And I selfishly am asking that. And if so, this will be the best collective of all time. Well, listen to you. That's just, that's it right there. That's, yeah, I'm good. He's like, okay. Um, 
The East West open up with a lot of tag moves. When they get going, they are electric. I love seeing it. We're repeating ourselves, but only because it's put such an impression on us that we almost have to keep going back to it, unfortunately and unfortunately. The first two minutes are mostly tag moves. They're, they're going to be up to speed quickly. I'm noticing that their rate of improvement is much, much quicker than your average tag team. And honestly, they're putting on more entertaining matches than some very veteran teams. Let's no, talk about I'm... that for a minute. You know, I'm, I'm noticing that there's an electric in the air that is not there with some tag teams. Yeah, and I think that's kind of not burnout, like, but whenever you see Los Macisos go against SGC for the fourth time in a year, there is kind of like a, hey, we've seen this kind of thing before. Even though we have seen Los Macisos and East West Express once before in LA, um, that crowd was, or that, that match was super good too, and the crowd was hot. I think this one was just a little bit better because of as you said they had now what i think it was like six months since that match or mm-hmm. eh, yeah around six months since the, the la match where you could see how much they improved since their yes. last meeting and you could see like los macisos because they were seeing new moves like we're like oh shit like we didn't expect this because i think mlj or dave praise like one of them said like you could see los macisos are getting caught off guard because these aren't the same young kids that they fought in la it is a new and improved east west express they got the matching gear this time they have the i think they had the matching no maybe not well they had like the matching gear they had oh yeah like better moves they're like it and he, they were spot on in that commentary call. And I just think going back to what you said, the slow burn, whereas now not, might not be the time, but it just sure as hell felt like you're just watching this show just because the crowd, like, I I don't know. The last time I felt like this was watching like an AEW, like they claimed when they went against Swerve in Our Glory, the first mm. time the crowd was just begging for the acclaim to win and they didn't get it. But then, as you said, the next time they had that title match, the crowd was really all for it, and they—that's when they gave the fans what they wanted. And yeah, maybe, maybe they will get uh, another match, another shot here. So, I do think that the time in between those has been critical, and each time we see Jordan and Nick, they just keep on improving and improving. I'm not going to go too far on this, but I'll just say it real quick. To me, the acclaimed seems more like a WWE tag team. Okay, I'll keep moving on. Um, I love them in AEW, but. They're more sizzle than steak. Now, they're talented as shit, and they can do both. What I'm saying, though, is they have such a great sizzle. That's the WWE sizzle. It is. It's totally the WWE sizzle. I can see anyway, it. I don't know. Very, I, yeah. I've seen, uh, going back to them, I've seen them in-ring improve as well. Like, as you said, they're mostly Absolutely. sizzle on the mic, and their whole the whole shtick, quote-unquote, is what's really over. But I've seen I've seen them uh, since day one with AEW, and they count like, where they are now compared to even five months before they even got the title, like their in ring has improved as well. And I think, as you said, I think their their substance is starting to catch up to uh, the style and the more uh, the flashiness of the of their tag team. Yeah, they just they remind me of somebody I could see roll out on Monday night. Say the same things. Do the uh, same things. I don't things. think they can say the same things though. <laughs> well, you know. What I yeah, mean? yeah, they yeah. Would, for they sure. would have an approved subject and script. yeah and that's what no good so so as we go along here um the first two minutes after outside of that little flurry from east west went to los macisos minute two and three so about three minutes in and all men are fighting outside the ring 
everyone was truly getting a front seat. They were all over the building. Same thing I always say. They made good use of the square footage. So four minutes in, Miedo has brought out a door and cracks both Oliver and Wayne over the head. Rough, man. They took a, they took a good shot. I'll, I'll give them that much. They're young kids. They knew how to protect themselves. If you're going to take a shot like that anymore, I think that's the way to take it. There was a hilarious moment where the camera shows Oliver like hurting on the ground. But way in the background, you can actually see Miedo. He's like 50% of his body is under the ring looking for something. And it just looked comical, and I don't know why. But yeah, foreground and background was just great. You were going to say something there about that door getting cracked over the head, I'm thinking? Yeah, I was just saying, like, that was the point of the match where it looked kind of looked like Los Vecis. Like, okay, we tried doing this whole traditional tag team stuff. It ain't working for us. Fuck right, this shit. Right. Let's get, fuck them kids. Let's get the doors and do what we know, what we need to do. And, like, the their mood changed, too. Like, even, like, they did some healish stuff. Like, uh, Miedo, like, low blow Jordan on the outside. And, like, I think that's where you said, or I think that's around the same, close to the same time where you see Miedo's body as Jordan's, like, still recovering from the nut shot. You just like you just see Miedo hit it and like look at Jordan like, hey, we're done with your shit. It's time to get serious. And um, I, I I do like how they the way they brought these doors in. It just felt like it felt part of the match where okay, we can't keep up with you. We're we're done trying to prove a point. We're gonna prove that we're the champs and you got to fight our style. We don't have to prove ourselves and fight your style. Well, yeah, I don't care what age they are. We have a belt to keep. That too, yeah. That's how it felt to me. And I, I loved it because it kind of made the Macisos feel a little bit more heelish, which helped get the Spice Express a little bit more over with the crowd. And the crowd definitely responded as such. Well, same thing. We're talking like at the collective or whatnot. You know, you could end up having East West versus Los Macisos 3. Oh, like, turn it into something. Please. I'm, I'm always a big sucker on 3. We were talking about the Speedball and Gresham 3. And then we're going to see number four on impact. I was going to say, I always find that weird, but you know, how are you going to go against such a good formula? Those two work just so well together. Yeah, for sure. Aren't they going in the first round against each other in Jacob too? Isn't that number three? Mm -hmm. First round Jacob, I believe. Yeah. So isn't that fucking crazy? (laughs) So, all right. So I wanted to mention also, we were about six minutes in and Macisos now have two doors. The Macisos and East-West have a very even and competitive match. I was seeing that throughout this whole thing. A lot of East-West chants were going on. The fans were really eating it up. Ciclope hit a double Northern Lights suplex. They started to call it Ciclope Mania because of what he was doing (laughs) out there in the ring. 11 minutes in, it turns into a forearm fight between all four men. I'm a big fan of when that happens. You saw that, right? Yeah. Like, they just, like, were hitting each other. Like, did they start off one-on-one, and then all of a sudden they went to, like, they end up switching partners and end up hitting the other partners, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. But I love that, too, because it's like, I just go back to watching it like last night, watching uh, Brian Danielson and going against Roosh, and they just were on the outside, just slapping Roosh. and chopping the shit out of each other, slapping, chopping the shit out of each other. Like sometimes you just need to stand there and beat the shit out of each other <laughs> in the mid match, and I'm all for that kind of stuff too, as well as you said well, you liked it. It's like that, like that tough thing too, where two people stand there and they just fucking deliver damage on each other. It always looks good, and this is like single time. Yeah, and it's like after 10 minutes of just beating the shit out of each other, too. It's like, okay, well, we need to beat the shit out of each other even more. Let's just stand here and go at it. (laughs) Well, that's what happened in this match, too, because after the forearm fight, they basically all grabbed weapons and chairs and doors ended up being involved here. This was a true team face-off. 
they knock each other down to big cheers. That was kind of the whole thing. So it went from forearms to weapons to everybody knocked each other out. I love when they do that. Yep. It works as heels. It works as faces. And I'm not going to lie. It was the one of the first GCW cheers of the night. Don't do that, fans. You got to get in there, man. That is how the the performers feed off of your energy. No lie. Get in there and make yourself heard. Sometimes it just means it, you just need a batch of about four assholes that are willing to get out there and chant. I know because I usually <laughs> have about four assholes with me. That's all it takes. And the whole crowd could start picking up. Get out there and make yourself heard. Because, again, if I was performing, I need a loud crowd. And I think if you were ever performing, you'd want a loud crowd, too. So, yeah, I, that was one of the first GCW chants that I had registered. And I'm going to get on old Bama about it just for a minute, man. You guys as fans, get out there and represent. You, you're fantastic people. GCW it up, dude. It comes across on TV, and it would just be lovely to see, you know, the electricity that's down there. Because I love the South, plain and simple. So, I, I mean, yeah. they were on their feet too. This entire main event, like I'm watching it back yeah, now. Yeah, I noticed that. And like, literally, they're all standing, and like, you see the cameras out and everything. And they were, as you said, they were loud, but it seemed like they kind of saved it for this match. <laughs> at, yeah, at the um, for the main event, or at least got it all out of their system during this match. But Ciclope doing the the Ciclope mania was funny. I did I totally missed it. Like I heard it on commentary, but I, I missed why they said it. Yeah, I did, uh-huh. He ripped off his shirt and did the whole Colgan like hand to the ears to the crowd. So uh, just watching that back and seeing the crowd on their feet, like this this was a fun match. Like I'm rewatching it now again, but I'm going to probably going to rewatch it again another night because this was fantastic tag team match. I can't believe I got on the crowd. But I'm going to get on the crowd. What it is, basically, I'm saying is... No, do it earlier. The crowd is on, they're on. Yep. Like, that's what I'm saying. And so it's just like the performers. I want to see the Southern crowd turn the fuck on. Like, I want to see them turned up. Dude, the Southern crowd are like, they cuss, they get into it. You know, Mama will be holding the kid and she'll still be yelling and pointing at the wrestler in the ring. I love that shit. (laughs) So what I'm saying is, is I know what's going on with that crowd bring it to the forefront because the Southern crowd is known for being such a loving, intense, uh, kayfabe friendly crowd. So please bring it. And you have another show coming up in Huntsville. Take advantage of it. You're so lucky to have that. It's so nice to have GCW going all over the country. We only seen them recently, like once a year and Huntsville is going, That's what I, was just I would about say, to say almost back to back. So appreciate it greatly because, um, you know, we don't get it as much out here. And when we do, it's like, you know, we, we appreciate the water when it runs. Yeah. I was just about to say that Huntsville's going to get like another card here in like two or three months. And out here in Vegas, we're like a year, year between shows almost. Yeah. I always like, I always like fucking around where I say Mecca is Boonton, the Boonton Lodge, baby. <laughs> That's where it's at. Okay. So we'll get back to this. Cause yeah, we can get off on this pretty funny. Uh, Wayne and Mieto was on the ring rope. Wayne grabs Mieto and hits a Spanish fly onto two doors propped up below. Unfortunately, they only went through one door. And yeah, your boy hit flat. Like Wayne hit flat hard. You can see and grab his stomach immediately. And you know, it's always part selling and part pain. Looked like it hurt a little bit. It looks like there was more pain than there was selling there. Yeah. The Wayne Oliver team almost got the pin. I put down here again, look at this. They're exciting. The crowd is excited. We're excited. Fight forever. Chance we're coming out in the crowd. This is something good for GCW. It really, really is. There's something here that will satisfy a lot of younger fans too. If kids don't like them, 
girls will like them. If girls don't like them, you know how fans are. There's going to be some older older ladies that'll like them. (laughs) There's there's something out there for everyone. And I think that Wayne and Oliver are fulfilling a hole in GCW that I don't think we have any other performers in. So the last two, well, actually, I have a couple other small things here, and then I'll be done with this one. So Oliver kicks out of the doomsday. Fantastic move. And then a minute later, he gets hit with a top rope destroyer. Overall, though, the winner was Los Macisos. Uh, They basically launched Nick Wayne through a fucking door. This match was vicious. There was no bleeding, but it was just an all-out brawl. And they were rougher on East-West than I expected. And that's a good thing. Because that means they're being measured as adults, not being babied as children. Also, 18 minutes and 55 seconds. Almost a 19-minute match between these four. I think that says a lot, too. That's a lot of trust to go out there and do that. And I'm sure Macisos are really gaining a lot from um, being able to be out there with them because I'm sure that they can go back there and teach some things to East-West that they can learn. I think they're really getting um, sharpened here. Pencil-wise, they're they're really getting sharpened up here in GCW because it's, it's Lucha one show, next show it's a tag team, next show it's a singles match, next show you could accidentally end up in a scramble somehow. So... Yeah, I'm I love both teams, not necessarily ready to see that third championship range end just yet. But when it does end, I want it to go to them. Yeah. Uh that's where I was gonna kinda head into with uh okay. the yeah. Motor City Machine Guns. Uh if yeah. the Motor City Machine Guns they have been announced to go against Los Macisos at I forgot which show it was. Oh, that's I'm a good question. Before the is that, the, because is that the one in Detroit? Yeah. So uh, Harpos, I Harpos baby, I love Harpos. Harpos. Not one hundred percent. They have yeah, they have two venues in Detroit. It depends on the day. Like okay. if it's a if it's a weekly one, they take it at another spot outside of Harpos. That wow. Harpos is a weekend date. This is actually in AC, March fifth. Ooh, ransom Sunday, March fifth. The Showboat Atlantic City. So it's not even in Detroit, but. As but we heard of, go to Detroit. Exactly. That's why I'm like, oh. hopefully I don't have to wait till Detroit. As you said, maybe that'll be a nice kind of a cool moment I could get at the collective is watching the East West Express uh, when the tag belt may be from the Motor City Machine Guns because Motor City Machine Guns, Alex Shelley, on behalf of them, uh, mm-hmm. promised that next time they are in Detroit that Nick and Alex, right. ah, not Nick and Alex, um, Nick and Jordan will get the next uh shot at the Motor City Machine Guns, and that would be very nice if they could have that match for the GCW Tag Team titles. So Over announce our winner here. Oh, uh, I thought we no, did. Go ahead. No, I thought we did. Go ahead. Did we? I think, yeah, I think oh. you said, yeah, you launched them through a door. Yeah, I did. It's oh. getting late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimately, that's where I was like, at least I got to see Los Macisos keep the tag belts. I'm the same way as you. I... I don't mind them with this title run because it's been fun. If they do lose it to somebody, I do want it to be East West Express. But this title run that they've had uh, has been exciting. And it just, I think it'll give the next moment that the East West Express get the title shot. Hopefully, they'll get the crowd even more behind them and say, like, this is the chance, third time's a charm. I think this was their second time um, in a title match i can't remember off the top of my head if the Ooh, la one that's a trivia question yeah i don't remember if los macisos were champions at the a- la show or uh, not when they first wrestled against each other but um 
You're thinking of looking it up, aren't you? No, I'm like I'm not thinking about it. I am looking it up right now. Because <laughs> uh, I'm testing. No, that's okay. It's worth wondering. It's worth wondering about. But I, I, as you said, I don't mind to get to seeing them grow as a tag team, get even yeah. better, and make it so that way there is for sure no shots that you could deny them uh, the tag team titles. Nope, it was not a title match. It was just a straight okay. regular match okay. that they had. Huh. Well, they're going places. That's for sure. Yes, absolutely. And. Um, yeah, if you had put them up a while back against someone like SGC, that's where I say there's a level of tag team there that I'm not sure if both young guys are ready for yet because SGC is just such a mature team. Um, the Briscoes, another mature team. So, you know, sometimes it takes a while for those teams to really mature out. So that's what I'm really looking for is the East-West maturity. Um they're still growing like seven year olds, you know? It's just like the next time you look around, they shot up four inches. You're like, what in the hell? When did they get that tall? Yeah, that's Nick's, what I noticed with them. And Nick's looking like he's getting more bulkier while Jordan's look like he's getting even more cut and stuff like that. He's getting and cut and you can bulk. tell they're working working hard for it. And we see it in the ring, we see it on their body transformations, we see it obviously in their outfits, and now we got the name East West Express. Um I'm loving it. I will still keep on rooting for them. I just, I was really hoping this was the night. I, I, like I said, I thought maybe as a way to pay tribute to the Briscoes. And like I said, not just because of that reason, but I do think they have earned it by now. Um, that the so, so, so you're going to, gonna, so you're going to go to the Las Vegas show and you're going to have to look Los Macisos in the eye and you're going to have to say, I wanted you to drop your belts, boys. There's only one team I would want them to drop it to is them. <laughs> Any other team, no, keep the belts. But one team, yes, lose it to Jordan Nick. Other than that, I, I'm happy with them as a tag title run. Because those boys want to talk to us. And I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to have to face them and go, boys, no, no, no. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it only if I could buy a, buy the, the chocolates that they were selling last time in LA. Hopefully they bring to to Vegas this time and I will buy one. Oh, no shit. Use that as self-defense. <laughs> oh, Dude. Yeah. They seem like such nice people. And many times over, we've heard from both of them that they're thankful for our support. So yeah, they're going to be, we're going to be looking forward to seeing them and well, geez, damn near the rest of the crew in Vegas that we're looking forward to saying hi to. Actually, more to say hi to than less. That's for damn sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Real fast too, and I don't know uh-huh. how accurate this is. I'm I'm just spitballing it here because I went to the cage match and looked up East West Express. That was their first GCW tag uh, title shot. No shit. And okay. how many title or how many tag team? How many matches do you think they've had as a tag team in GCW? Okay, I'm just I'm just fucking around. I'll say, um, oh, fourteen. As GCW, I'm gonna count LA as this 17. Yeah, how come yeah, it, I don't know? It, feel, it feels like more though to me. No, nope, that's, ah, why, that's that why I'm like, shows how much improvement 14 matches they've just, they don't, as you said, like as your head was going up, like yeah. they're just skyrocketing with their improvement. Yep, that's yep, crazy. And, and it's not, it's not stopping. We don't know what the ceiling looks like yet, we just know how fast their car's going right now. Oh my god, so, yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, and I'll tell you right now, what may happen here is him and Jordan may be so inseparable that they may have to have a package deal in AEW, which is very possible. Them versus Young Bucks would be fun. And at the same time, with the upward trajectory that uh, both men have been on, they're both going to be ready for AEW. It's just a matter of when. And Jordan shows the ability to go out there and um, get himself cut, get himself in shape, you know, 
he has done nothing but improve himself willfully, and we've all seen it online for about the past six to eight months. So good for him because it's not easy. Uh, fuck, that's I don't know what else to say about that. It's just shit. Good it's for a, him because the effort is just so much, man. Yeah, you could tell like I, I, his body transformation is just incredible over yep. over the years. I went from like being a really skinny kid to eating big breakfasts, but not really in the gym. I don't know, but like he ended up getting like bigger, but not more cut. But now you see he got bulkier and then now he's getting cuttier. Like you see him all the work, not cuttier. I said cuttier, more cut, <laughs> more cut now and stuff. But you can see like the body transformation and all the work he's been done. Yep. And it's been two years. I think I've all over his last year, especially there's the biggest jump with the body, but over two years with his body weight going up and down because of uh, dieting or whatever it's been, you can see the hard work and, I yep. enjoyed this match. I can see that. I can see all four of them going. That's why I have no problem going eye to eye with Miedo or Ciclope and saying, I wish you would have lost. At, take a picture. Any Ooh. other time? <laughs> any other time? Win. That night, I wanted to do. Like, another reason I, I, I don't want to sound this. I don't want this to sound bad, but because we haven't really seen it other than TOS. I think they're so incredible as singles wrestlers, too. Like, I just think oh, that a lot yeah. could be done with them. At, uh in like the the world title scene or death like just other death matches and just in the main event scene in general i think there's a lot of stuff that hasn't been done by los Macisos as singles competitors i would like to kind of see them go back but i do enjoy seeing them as a tag team and that's kind of the same thing as east express i love seeing them as a tag team and i love seeing them as singles competitors too and i think yeah, that's why nice. that's why i'm such a huge fan of all four of these competitors um because they could whatever the match calls for they adapt to the situation and put on a hell of a show each and every time yeah you can't be a one-dimensional tag team in gcw your shit won't fly yeah flat out you have to be able to do 14 different things at one time it's just the way it is and you know on friday you might be in a lucha tag and then saturday you might be in a who knows what against sgc i mean it's just luck of the dice it's um that unpredictability i think has made a lot of singles and tag team performers in gcw better performers for it that variety has really made a huge difference and if they ever do have a third matchup i would like to see kind of like the growth of like okay we tried it our way now we're gonna go your way and then like when kind of i think it was cole radic when he came out and like not like in a recent show, like he came out and got the crowd and like, oh yeah, wait, and went back and grabbed, came out with doors or light tubes and stuff like that's why I would like to see East West Express do it if they ever get a third shot at Los Macisos of all right, really come out, they do like the little the the pose and then hold on, go to the carton and get the fuckery and show they're not messing around for this third third opportunity at the or third opportunity at Los Macisos. And that was a very good way, in my opinion, a very great way to close out GCW's Take a Picture. That main event absolutely deserved the spot. All four competitors killed it and I think sent the uh, Huntsville, Alabama phone uh, fans home happy. And um, great way to end off that GCW Take a Picture. And that will lead us into our memorable moments of the evening. Did you okay. want to go first, John? I don't have that well, many. <laughs> Most of mine is what I just said in the main event. <laughs> okay. Do you want to just, um, do you want to finish them off before I go kind of thing? Or you want me to go first? You could go first. 
Okay, doke, here we go. So I wanted to mention that the opening match was a spot fest, and I thought it was fantastic. Blake solidifying his heel character, I thought was really good. The Gringo Ares match being a fantastic lucha match, including the uh, the raining dollar bills that were coming down afterwards. Seeing both Action Jackson and Stunt back in a GCW ring together was a lot more than I expected and a lot better also. Tony Deppen telling someone with a dead mom to suck eggs was fucking fantastic, and that is definitely a memorable moment in my book. It was fun seeing Adam Priest. Welcome back to Christian Haim. And we we beat it to death for sure. The main event was freaking solid. So for me, that would be my memorable moments of this show. All right, mine was obviously that main event. Four of my favorite competitors in wrestling at the moment. Um getting the spotlight to showcase tag team wrestling and and their vision of it. I definitely enjoyed it. The fans, I think, made it that much more enjoyable for me. They they were on their feet, got the right away. Like, bef- like That's how you know it's a good match, and the fans are really wanting to see a title change. Before the ring bell even starts, you hear new champs. and That's something I don't hear too much. I think the last time I heard new champ was... Um, when I think Rare. it was John John Wayne Murdoch and Alex Cologne, or think it was maybe like even like new champ, but they definitely killed it. That uh, was my main memorable moment. It was a great match, even though I wanted East East West Express to win. I do at least have the solace of having uh, Los Macisos still have a tag team title run. Uh, the scramble, the teriyaki back, and Brandon Williams in that opening spot was just great to see all the the five way leg locks or ankle locks that he had. And you said you said the exact words I had. No, not not exact words. Better the words than I had with Blake Christian solidifying himself as a heel. I said cemented in my notes is cementing himself really as that heel yep, yep. and not looking back. And I'm all I'm all for it. The, this has been fun watching this version of Blake. Uh, Raz stepping up to the plate and having a great singles match against Gringo too was um, another fun match because Arez is on a roll here and I he seems to be uh, my my flavor of this month of seeing more Arez matches in singles and having the, as you have said in the past the space and the time to kind of tell a story as a single competitor and and do it in one match and I have to do it in five spots in a scramble match <clears throat> sorry and then um, last one too was. Adam Priest versus Tony Depp in having a nice, hard-hitting, classic wrestling match with no like, f- no uh, fuckery going on other than the comedy spots that I enjoyed as well. You want to do the upcoming shows real fast before we head out? Oh, we still got to do New South still. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I I go ahead. I have the information here for the Jersey J Cup. If you want me to roll through it real quick, I can. Yeah, we can yeah. roll through it real fast and then. Uh, Sweet. Yep. Okay, let me sit up in my chair here and get my uh, get myself together. Okay, so by the time this is out, you're going to probably know that the Jersey J Cup is going to be underway. This is going to be on February 11th. The first round of this will be at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. There will then be a second round. This is going to be basically the second half of the night. That's going to start at 8 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Um, or I'm sorry, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. The matches that we have so far in the opening round are Mike Bailey versus Jonathan Gresham, Tony Deppen versus Leo Rush, Blake Christian versus Alec Price, Charles Mason versus Billy Starks, Starboy Charlie versus Joey Janela, Ares versus Commander, Ooh. Alex Shelley versus Jordan Oliver, 
and there will be a J Cup scramble with the remaining participants. We have Jack Cartwheel, Cole Radrick, Dante Leon, Yoya, and Dylan McKay. That rounds out all of our participants in the Jersey J Cup. And I will double down again on the fact that I think this is at least equal, if not better, than Bola 2023. I second it. And just looking at that first round, holy shit. That's yeah. where I just go back to, like, I wish they had, like, a loser's bracket or something. Just because I want to see, just with these six or 20 competitors, that I want to all see them go one on one against each other. I want to like they should have turned this. So maybe next year they could kind of turn this into a um, how they run like kind of like their tournaments out in uh, New Japan, where it's kind of like a block where you will wrestle against all the competitors and whoever has the most points moves on to the next round. That would mm-hmm. be a very fun kind of tournament style with these names. Now I'm thinking about like I I wish I had that one, but that this is just going to make each match like do or die. Obviously you win, you go on, you lose your out. And I think that's just going to get, I'm uh, not just thinking about it, like my, now even getting more like emotionally invested. Like I can't really, I can't wait to watch this because I honestly don't know who's going to win. And now I, I we might as well say it now, because we were talking about it on one of the podcasts. I don't know if it was this one or the last one with the introduction of the J uh, JCW uh, world title belt. I think it was world. I'm not 100%, but they did announce that JCW has a title. Beautiful. Now. And beautiful. Yes, it looks really good. I'm glad they did it, as we kind of talked about. They're, I don't know how they're going to use this one, if it's going to be JCW only or whatnot, because we talked about all these wrestlers need that carrot to chase for. They, they yep. obviously are not going to fit in with the extreme title most for the most part. That the ultraviolet no shot world title. Not, not all of them are lucha. Yeah, so I think this Jersey J Cup is all this talent is great traditional wrestling, not the deathmatch extreme style, and this is their chance to chase after that care that we've been kind of saying. And I just wonder what they're gonna do with the actual title moving forward because of it being labeled as a JCW title. Hmm. I don't know. So you're thinking it might be a tournament title or it might be the type of title that's only put on the line during special events. I think it's only going to be put on line during JCW shows. That's what I'm kind of wondering about because so it says the new and revived JCW championship title belt. So, so it doesn't say cup. But so yeah, it's going to be a defended title, but it's no. on the line. Yeah. Obviously for the winner. Um, but I just wonder if it's going to be a JC JCW only um, belt that's only defended on JCW shows, and I kind of hope not because we no, haven't really seen JCW. Over. I'm hoping so, I, and I'm hoping they turn that into, as we were saying, a pure rules kind of a, hmm, a strictly like no fuckery. We got traditional rules belt. This is it. This so you're is wanting for a pure those. belt? Well, just something other than not not involving extreme ultra violence. Like that's as we were as we said we Tony Depp needs something to chase after we always say Jordan Leo those people that aren't really mm, deathmatch yeah. wrestlers we've always wanted them to chase after the belt and I hope they could chase after this but I hope it doesn't yes. get put as a JCW kind of exactly but so yeah the thing I was thinking was that um, this belt if defended on a couple of shows for GCW would also keep the JCW name visible at all times and i think that could be a fantastic thing 
then at the same time, I would come to think then that the talent level of the champion of the Jersey cup or not the Jersey cup, but the Jersey championship holder better be very fucking talented because if he's not, that's going to be a reflection on JCW. So it better be a badass motherfucker who takes this belt, because if not, then the belt's going to look soft. Please, please follow me on this one. You know what I'm saying? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got because you. Because this is this is GCW's um, one of their companies, and um, you don't want to ever make it look subpar. You make it want to you want to make it look like the other company that you have working with you. Um, the reason why is there's a bunch of fantastic talent over there that I would never want to see considered as secondary Charles Mason. You know, that's, that's one that I would never want to consider as a secondary performer on a secondary, not at all. They're equal. It's just the other company. So, um, okay. So let's talk about something I've never spoken to you about. I'm a big fan. And, and this is a fun little storyline. Follow me. I'm a big fan of a double elimination tournament. First round. Yeah. Like a losing record, via yeah. cheating. Via <laughs> cheating the first round, the favorites get knocked out and go to the loser's bracket. Ready? Okay. So as the tournament continues, those faces are going through the loser's bracket and winning each and every one, of course, which would then culminate to them at the end, having to meet the people that eliminated them in the first round. So what that does is that brings that whole thing full circle both teams had to put this whole thing together. Then the drama is the fact that, oh, shit, they got to meet these guys again and they already beat them. So what happens here now is the drama is also they have to beat them twice. It's double elimination. And shit can get crazy. Yeah. And we get to see, uh, they like said, a bunch of different matchups that we didn't see in the first round. So, And then the other the other part that would be good and bad would be the fact that you would have to put a match or two in between if it's a double elimination, because if it does have to go further on into the night, you'd want to give the guys a break. It would be fucking weird. Also, it would be hard to book it that way, because if people see that there's 30 minutes left on the show, they're going to kind of do the math that there must be another. (laughs) I don't know. But I always thought it would be cool to see a double elimination like that, where the faces have to fight on their back all the way through to the top and then at the end they meet the people that knocked them down in the first place they just knocked the shit out of them it's predictable but fun yeah that, that i'm all for fun especially with these tournaments like as we've been asking for a tournament we've been asking for a belt that's not really uh something for the non-traditional deathmatch wrestlers and this is what we're going to get and i'm just looking at this first round and it's just that's <laughs> mm-hmm. an incredible yeah. uh names and talents and i was reading kind of the article on the the, the jake the the jcw belt as well and i i think here's my one concern is let's say it goes to jonathan gresham and like this was my original thinking but now i'm going through all these lists like we've seen all these names on jcw my my problem was like it kind of felt like it was going to label or make it feel like whoever is this belt that wins the champion is a jcw quote-unquote wrestler like just strictly jcw but we we've seen it's fluid where jcw wrestlers come up and gcw wrestlers go down it's not like a main roster development it's not that per se because whenever they've put on shows we've seen the talent go in and out but i think that would also like 
help out JCW with like a Jonathan Gresham winning the belt and help rise in their their value. And I just wonder with this whole new fight TV, if this is going to not this event, but future JCW shows are going to be on YouTube. Cause that'd be crazy mm-hmm. being able to put a Jonathan Gresham match, like against one of the, a talent like Alec price or Blake Christian on free YouTube TV. That's going to help out GCW because you find it on GCW's Twitter, the JCW sh- or not Twitter on um, YouTube. You find the JCW yeah. shows on GCW's, uh, YouTube. So I think that'll be good for both brands as well. Elevating the JCW brand while uh, increasing the viewership for GCW as well. And I'm going to go back on the fact that I appreciate when there's a blur between the lines of GCW and JCW. I don't want to know that these people over here, oh, you know, they're in training or this. Per-. No, I actually want to look at everything as fluid, like you were saying. I want to see Effie go over there and do some things. I'd like to see Mason come over and further his storyline with Effie on that side. And, dude, Mike Bailey versus John Gresham. That really should have almost been held off, but I'm happy it's not at the same time because once they knock, I'm looking at the winner being one of those two even possibly. Like, it's very possible. How would you like to have a given night anywhere? Like at Harpo's, Depp and V Rush. I mean, let's just, we can work through. Blake Christian and Alec Price, that's a match I really want to see because they both have fucking attitude. And I want to see the heel versus the heel attitude worked against them too i have a feeling the crowd will go towards alec price when it's all said and done i think heavily yeah yeah uh charles mason and billy starks that would be uh storyline continuation especially since the fact that billy's such a face charles mason's such an asshole it'll work out really well starboy charlie and joey janela same thing it's almost storyline based they were just working with each other against the south pacific savages not too long ago and it wasn't just a regular match that was a cage match i really like to have seen somewhere charlie say some shit to janela or vice versa to give us a little emotion in this match yeah maybe they might team them up and kind of like kind of uh kind of what they did with cole and joey at um cole radrick and joey janela at fight night on that night one when they kind of had a do some teamwork and then shit kind of broke down and they kind of yep. started attacking each other during the match after the match. And yeah, they could do a lot of stories. Like I, I, I you said, this is all stories in the first round and like, I'm not complaining more than people at all. Know. Yeah. The people who are paying attention know that there's a lot more in here than, um, I just hope that as long as GCW goes along and continues to give those video packages that look so good and keep us up on why this match is important, it's fantastic. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. My wife, females especially, they love the storyline. What did that motherfucker say about him? They love that. You know, so same thing with like um, with females. Oh, my God. What did that bitch say about her? You know, <laughs> but, but look at what's like the hottest, the hottest uh, angle in wrestling right now. It's all the storytelling that's going on with Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn. Like, and that's interesting. Huh? That could be all done without any in-ring stuff. Like that's all the storyline and they're adding in the incredible wrestling on top of that. But I think, as you said, the storytelling is what's getting a lot more people back into the wrestling that they used to love because there's a reason, a story and to stay, get invested and then stay invested to the outcome. So that way you can see what, what you have not wasted, but what you spent all this time getting so emotionally invested in and see it pay off. It's going to be incredible. And I think this tournament is going to tell a fun story throughout it. I, I wonder, I think something big might be happening here, like some big angles kind of going on and off. 
So that's the other thing. Let's talk about Ares versus Commander. I'd take that anytime, anywhere. You know how high-powered that match may be? I hope they give those two an ample amount of time. Oh, yeah. I, I hope they're not cheated with a seven, eight-minute match. They they deserve it. I think they're fantastic. Again, uh, or maybe I didn't mention it, Ares right now is in a little bit of a contract thing with MLW. And as entertaining as GCW likes to keep their their show i think that rs is one of those people that fits right in he has a good look he's got a mystique to him he's got a unique set of moves that um that keep educated wrestling fans on their toes and so that's you know that's another one alex shelley jordan oliver for crying out loud that's and then even with that you know down here in the scramble even in there it's like um you know what? I think they did the right thing with the scramble. Some yeah. of these people, I don't, I don't know if they need to face off one on one. No, and so it kind of keeps nice. They put them together. Yeah, and it feels like the GCW way of having a scramble match. Like even in a turn, like usually during the tournament, it's the scrambles thrown in as like the mm-hmm. intermission. But I, I think this is going to be the opening match is going to be the scramble in traditional GCW way. I, I'm just really looking forward to it. Since this is the last podcast we are going to be putting out before the Jacob, who do you think is going to win? okay we were talking a little bit about this i think on twitter but my thought process is put the belt on speedball mike bailey go ahead and just declare between bola and this i was just about that 2023 is the year of speedball mike bailey all um I'm going to make that my prediction. My prediction is mike bailey's going to take the whole thing he's going to be our jcw champion and I think he's going to take that title proudly to impact and other companies and show it off. And um, that's what I see in my head as probably, without putting deep thought into it, the best possible one. The king of the independence, Speedball Mike Bailey. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's always around us here and there, buzzing around. And then when we get a match with him, it's always good. What a, what a great guy to put it on. And again, I mean, maybe Deppin, maybe Deppin, I... I I feel like he needs a storyline for a win. That's what Deppin's like. He's a storyline kind of. I'm I if I struggle. <laughs> well, he needs to struggle a lot more for all the harassment he's done to fans over the years. <laughs> I think Alec Price is going to win. I don't know. I think yeah, this is wow. going to be his kind of coming out party. Um, I really think he's going to be putting on performances during this show or during this tournament and ride that momentum kind of going into the rest of 2023 because he's already had some big matches to end 2022 where i i think too like how we said speed the year of uh, 2023 is the year of speedball i think it's going to be the year of alec price as well because speedball is getting all the dream matches and he already won bola i mm-hmm. that's to be honest with you that's the only reason i would not want him to win is because he's already won bola i don't think he needs to win both of them but it just shows how good he is and he absolutely not saying he doesn't deserve both because he absolutely does because he's hasn't put on a bad match since he's been in right, canada right. like I, I was streaming one day and like we were talking about speedball and like someone had the best comment ever it's like speedball's wrestling where if he does not have a five-star match he gets sent back to canada and not allowed to, be, not allowed to come back again <laughs> like like and that was like so perfect because yep. he's been putting on banger after banger uh but i think it's gonna i think it's gonna be alex i just i don't know i just nice. have a feeling so but that's as, a tough as first much, round match as i thought that would be he's around and as much as he's building himself and we know what happens when performers go to the gym and get cut and it could be jordan oliver 
I'm hoping always it is there. But... He's always around. He would be a fighting champion. Jordan Oliver would be a very natural fit. I don't want to spoil because I have no idea. I'm just speculating. But he seems like a very safe answer for the title. And I believe he would carry it everywhere. And he would be on damn near every show. That would that would be fun. He is my who I want to win. But if I had to put money on it, I honestly think it's going to be Alec Price. Yeah, that's going to be fun. I can't wait. Like I said, that first round, that's a good enough GCW show for me just in one round. Then we got, <laughs> let's see, after this, two more rounds after that. It's, that's going to be a fun night and day of tournament. And I, I'm shocked they did it in back-to-back days. That I think they're really going to give these matches some time then because with that time difference and uh, giving them that little break, that means they're going to be putting in some work that day. So let's talk about work. Are you ready? 2022 who had the most appearances jordan jordan oliver you're damn right (laughs) 66 appearances again that says something one of your hardest workers always shows up he's improving his body he's improving his craft he looks cut it looks like i don't want to say gender mahal but do you remember how gender mahal looked one way and then he came Uh back cut and carried a title we see this all the time uh cody cody rhodes is doing it right now he's trying to get himself in shape and cut He's dropped a bunch of body fat. Generally, that's because you're getting ready to work your ass off, and that's usually when a belt comes in. So I would just say, being that smart, that uh, Jordan Oliver is a very safe bet for the champion because he's put in the most work the last couple years. Uh, Coming up right behind, Jimmy Lloyd at 64. And then going into the 50s, Cole Radrick at 56. Nick Wayne at 53. Cole is third. Yeah. Oh, wow. Nick Nick Wayne fourth at 53. We have Effie fifth at 48. Catch is right behind him at 45. We have a tie between Joey Janela and Blake Christian at 44. I swear like Blake works more than Joey, but maybe I'm wrong. Actually, I am wrong. Uh, Joey. Yeah, Joey. There's Gringo Loco with 36. Tony Deppin with 34. You have uh, two people with 33. Alex Cologne and Matthew Justice. I mean, these are all our big workers. Close the door. Cheek with thirty matches last year in G- in GCW. I can't tell fantastic. Him, I can't name the last time I haven't seen Jordan on a GCW card. To be honest with you, that's what I was thinking too when you're reading off all those names. Like I don't know yep. that time I did not see Jordan on GCW show. Well, I know it's early, but he's also the leader in this year with seven. Nice. And then underneath him are six uh, six shows, and the six show people are. Blake Christian, Cole Radrick, Jimmy Lloyd, basically the same ones. Now, you know who someone I'm just now seeing that's on this list more times than I had realized until now is Marcus Mathers has been working GCW pretty hard this year. Yeah, I I know he's been doing it more, but yeah, it just it seems like he's been wound way more too. And I'm glad because he deserves the spotlight. I'm also digging Kerry Morton. He's a heat magnet. And I like (laughs) that he brings NWA, the NWA name with him. Um, we need to see NWA and GCW just one time, just oil and vinegar. (laughs) I think it'd be fantastic. Just leave Tyrus at home. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's, he's doing his best. I'm sure. So you want to give some, uh, some shout outs if at all here? Oh yeah. Um, so late into our evening and I just, yeah, realized, I got to like, wrap it up here soon. Um, oh, no. no, it's fine. Um, the couple shout outs, we did see that there is a, uh, um, couple fans that are interacting with us, as we said, and asking like 
go doing callbacks as they listen to our show. And when they announced the JCW title belt, they were like, Hey, this is something you guys were talking about. Here it is. Thank yep. you for mentioning it. So, um, it was cool. I'm trying to find the name. Sorry. I'm having trouble pulling up Twitter. Um, I know big Mo talks to us all the time. Yeah. Big Mo. He's talks got a to podcast. Us. He's great. Heart. There is heart. The Dutchie has been interacting. He's we, awesome. We just want to say thank you guys. Cause, uh, they it's been, awesome. yeah, it's been, it's been fun interacting like the last couple of days too. And answering all these questions, uh, keeps me busy while I'm uh, stuck at work. And another um, GCW podcast actually kind of gave us a shout out. Hell yeah. They uh, just started. I think they just had their first episode. It's the GCW Game Changing Podcast. And I think the uh, GCW will be GC and then the word DUB. Yeah. So that's how they did theirs. GCW. So if you're going to go out there and find it, it's again their first episode, so they're just getting out there. They're just getting themselves under, Can't under, you know, getting themselves their feet underneath them. That's a good way to put it. Um, but they're going to be doing what looks like a monthly show, which will be fantastic because that'll give us and other fans who also listen here more content to listen to. So I'm really, really, I mean, on my side, because we didn't kind of think about what to say, I just. On my side, I think it's wonderful that there are other people out there that, share, that basically share the same love we do. And in the spirit of the fact that the internet is quite large and there's more than enough room for everybody, I'm a big fan of other fans coming out of the woodwork here and finding their footing and spreading the word just like we do because that's primarily how we started. We started because we just wanted to spread the word and... From there, whatever happens, happens, and it's just been a flood of positivity from everyone since then, and I think that's an ode to just being positive and staying positive. So I would say to our brothers and sisters out there who are just getting started, we're very proud of you. We listened to the first episode, and it sounded really good, and we think you're on the right path, and if you ever, we said it on Twitter, but if you ever need anything whatsoever, if you have questions, please ask us. We are not experts. We are only experts in how we do it, but we can obviously give some advice on things. There have been quite a few things we've had to think about when it comes to how we do our podcast up to and including, you know, are we going to be dirt sheet types? Are we going to be positive? Are we going to shed light on things that need to be, you know, we think about all those things and we listen to them and their fans just doing it for the love like us. So we want to offer as much support as possible. We want to help in any way possible if they need us. And we just want to give a shout out, tell them welcome to the, I guess, the podcasting family in, in the GCW yeah. category. And um, all blessings to you. If there's anything you need from us, please, please, please reach out. And um, we're very proud of you. It's not easy to start a podcast and maintain it. So all all the best to you and if you uh, there's another one if you ever have doubts if you ever find yourself like oh i don't know how to get through this i don't know if i want you to know that's normal and you can contact us anytime and we can explain to you that how normal it is to just feel down and how um you're putting a lot into this and how much kind words matter so feel free get a hold of us anytime we'll be able to uh, talk you through a little bit. And um, again, this is all the support we wish we had. We want to go ahead and give it to others. We want to change the culture of how people treat each other, especially in wrestling. And so this is our first step forward. And um, congratulations to GC Dub, and we hope to hear more from them. 
that's my long-winded and that's better said than me because i would have just said thank you a million times like i'm about to say it again i just want to say yeah (laughs) you said it right so i piggyback off what you said like thank you for the kind words because uh did not expect to hear that at the end of the podcast and it was just unexpected and yeah and all the people on twitter too like interacting with us giving the nice words and feedback and um interacting with our yeah talents everybody just saying nothing but kind things thank you and interacting with our tweets and listening to the show and being able to make callbacks and stuff we said, that means you're listening. So it just, it just means a lot. It's cool to actually see people that all are li- listening out there and interacting. It's been fun having the conversations too, discussing. Jacob's going to be a fun one. Like I'm hoping, I don't know if, how much I'll be able to watch live. Like uh, I probably will have to watch it later. So that means I'm going to have to turn off Twitter. But that's this is like <laughs> one of those ones I really wish I was able just to sit down and watch it and live tweet and interact during the whole show because I think there's going to be a lot of fun discussions about the matchups the winners and what's next in the next round and stuff like that i think it's just going to be a very fun day of wrestling and i i I, I was shocked that they did it in two two in the same day two different times but i'm actually kind of glad because it gives something like hey something to look forward to when we get the payoff at night instead of sleeping on it and waiting over overnight and possibly something else happening um just gets done and over with and i can't wait because that's going to be a fun day of wrestling saturday and you know, if they did it right, they could bring in catering. Everybody pays five, six, seven, eight bucks, stay on the premises, eat, hang out a little bit, and then eight o'clock rolls around. You know? Yeah. I don't know. It sounds <laughs> kind of cool. I always have these ideas for other people's money. I guess right? that's how that works. <laughs> um, it's it's easier yeah. to spend someone else's money than my zero. So it's uh, fun <laughs> talking about that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, Wow. Everything has been so busy. Six months ago, we only promoted ourselves. And now people are coming up behind us and supporting us. We see people on Twitter. We see messages coming in through DMs. We have a bunch of fantastic talent that have been nothing but kind. We haven't heard a single bad word about anything. And honestly, I'm well, I'm actually (laughs) a big proponent of having that because if someone says something that maybe I didn't think of and I can improve it, then I won. That's why I, that's why I've always said, I know there's stuff we need to improve on. I'm all for yes, slight feedback because sometimes you don't know what you're messing up until you hear it from someone else. And then you just fix it and get better. No, no <laughs> nothing personal. And we won't ever take any of this, uh, any of that shit personal. No, we honestly know what kind of a budget we're on and we know what we're working. With. <laughs> and, um, actually we are working this year closer on, we may very well be sitting in a room together. The audio quality may be improved. You're going to see a lot of things change as we progress through this year because we're hoping to just keep growing this thing and as it grows we're going to see it morph into who knows what but gcw is a very niche product like wrestling is a very niche product we don't know what success looks like but every single person to us has been a success so thank you yeah videos interviews uh a lot coming yeah graphics we need like a good graphics for the videos and um possible some sounds and stuff like that to use postcards um, with a picture of my ass on it uh, that's a patreon or your case oh, well, hold on i didn't hear what you said afterwards that's the only fans for you then buddy i don't know <laughs> yeah no thanks no we got plans for it we just, of course if you've been listening now you know that we uh shit goes on we got to handle it and we play catch up and we always try to do our best to stay on schedule catch up with shows that we missed give out the content as best as we can and um keep on going and going and going yeah, fucking going <laughs> all right let's send them out 
for episodes 45 gcw's take a picture take a picture this was a fun one. Lost, can't... Oh, we can't even get that one yet. Yeah, whatever. All right. Long live, live, live G-C-W. G-C-W. Dub, 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 dub. Peace.